every group got a grip, came equipped, grabbed a proton pack, saw the back, then they split. Find out about Beagle, the master of evil. Try to battle my boys, that's not legal. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 40th episode of Slime Time SideQuest, an official Dragon's Den podcast. This is your host, Platy M3. And this is your other host, Yangus the Legendary Bandit. You know, guys, it's October, and while we might uh, get to a Scary Games episode in a couple of weeks tonight, we're here to talk about one of my favorite film franchises that involves ghosts. Oh, ghosts? Damn, man, that pottery wheel scene was fucking hot. What? There's only one movie, not a franchise. Casper? He's so friendly. Well, he is, but that that's not what I was about to say. Oh, The Sixth Sense. Oh, man, it's great when you find out that... Spoiler alert! Jeez. And again, not the right one. Okay, um, maybe, maybe this will give you all a little bit of a hint. <clears throat> if there's something strange in your neighborhood, who are you gonna call? Probably either the HOA or the property management group. I mean, nothing strange really rises to the level of police calls here in outer suburbia. Mm. <clears throat> well, let me keep going. Uh, is there something weird and it don't look good? Who are you going to call? My dermatologist. All those years living in the hot desert regions. Melanoma is just no joke. <sighs> if you're seeing things running through your head, who are you going to call? I got to go back to my earlier answer. See, in the sixth sense, Bruce Willis plays a psychologist who by all accounts has a good track record of helping people who are seeing things that aren't there. All right. Stop. Stop. Stop it. All right. Look, I feel like Platy's probably has about three more verses scripted out for this travesty, but to avoid the urge to zap him with my proton pack, which is my patent pending uh, own device that I've made in real life, I'm just going to finish this intro and tell everyone we're talking the Ghostbusters franchise tonight, in case you haven't already guessed. Damn, you shut down my joke harder than they did the power grid in that first movie. Yes, and to finalize the shutdown of this opening, I'd like to welcome back our patron saint of Dragon Quest, Mr. Woodus, a.k.a. Brian himself. Oh, I got it to Mr. now? Thanks for having me back. I'm kind of like Bruce Willis's character that even though... Stop it! Stop it! We get it! You love the sixth sense! <laughs> but I gotta cross the tactfully died stream to introduce our other guest tonight, Pendy. There is no Pendy. There is only Zul. <coughs> Sorry, something got caught in my throat there. What I meant to say was, Infinity Strash! Look, you can take this intro and strash it. I'm here to talk Ghostbusters. We're all here to talk Ghostbusters, so let's get going and talk about Ghostbusters! All right, Please. all right. Jeez. It's not like you're a co-host or anything. I guess we should listen to you. Gosh! <laughs> so what are we going to talk first? Maybe the first movie? Oh, that, that's probably what? a no, good place gotta to No, we got to go start. in reverse chronological order. Come on. <laughs> that Velma? It's the 40th episode. we got to mix things up. Didn't we already oh, mix it up when I counted the wrong way for the uh, the countdown? Count up? Oh, yeah. The hundred, <laughs> count up the 100 best games? Well, let's, just start, let's just start with Ghostbusters Extreme, then. There's, like, the best one to start out with, in my opinion. It's so extreme that none of us remember. Well, nobody except Mary, me, me remembered it. Extreme. <laughs> Damn. It's but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't care where we start. So should we just start from start from yeah, the top? Start, start from the beginning. <laughs> so who actually saw it in the theater? The first uh, I was I was four, so did, no, probably not me either. I didn't exist, so no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I would have been ten, and I doubt my parents would have. So I guess that makes us all a little young for the earliest on this. Was it? Oh, I forget. Is this? Is it rated R or PG thirteen? It's PG. Uh, it was this PG? was before. Was this before the PG-13 thing with Indiana Jones? 
It oh, should be, I believe. Maybe. Yeah. This was a, this was still up. This was still at the point um, for, in movie or in cinema where they didn't quite have the PG thirteen yet. But some movies, even if they had some of that kind of content, they weren't rated R just because they didn't quite you know oh. get to that sort of uh, extremity where they didn't have like a bunch of nudity or stuff like that. So yeah, this this definitely would have been PG thirteen had it. Uh come out when that was a thing because there's some swearing a little bit here and there mm-hmm. there's that scene which i had totally forgot that was in this movie where uh ray's the character ray gets a uh a little uh something something from a ghost he's getting that cold draft hey you know bustin makes him feel good so i mean come on whoa yeah. Wow! <laughs> wow! And the thing about that scene is, since I didn't see it in the theater, I think they cut that out of the TV edit. I bet they did. So I, I don't remember seeing that until I actually bought the movie. Yeah, it was just part of a montage in the middle, so yep. it would be easy to uh, remove. Yep. But I love how the the, uh, the movie starts out. It's got the perfect opening with a lady in the library, and mm-hmm. like you see things that are floating around and the books and all this, but you don't see what's doing it, what's causing it. And then you just she turns around at one point, she screams, and then it goes into you know the opening of the movie, and it doesn't really show anything. It just gives you a hint of what's to come, which was very nice. Yeah, get her, Ray. <laughs> but you know, watching it recently with my kids, um, by the end of it, I was like, shit, talking about showing nothing. There's barely any ghosts in the movie. <laughs> you know, at the time, you had what the girl in the library, Slimer. Um, you know, the one floating above Ray in the bed, and was there really any other glowing ghosts? There wasn't no. much. There was there was a the montage all... towards like the end of the movie where yeah, they had yeah, some of the ghosts that were yeah yeah and you had the possession of um of um, Rick Moranis and Sigourney yes. Weaver but yeah really there weren't too many uh like ghosts visual wise that showed up it was they kind of seemed like mo- drive up like in the the montage of them like you know running and being part of the Ghostbusters it's more like you know drive up you see him run out with the smoking yep, crap exactly. that was about it yeah. They kind of cheated it a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I guess 1984 special effects, you know, that's, that's what you do. Well, yeah, and plus they needed that budget for the the, uh, the whole ending sequence anyways with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and all that Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, still, that's still a pretty cool scene watching that. Like, even, you know, after all these years of seeing how practical effects and stuff have changed, like, I still think that's really cool how they pulled off that whole uh, giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Look. Oh yeah, like for the most part, except for uh, a few times when the gatekeeper and uh, Zul, the uh, what are they both called? The gatekeeper, uh, the master. key master, and the, and the key master, the terror dogs, key master and the gatekeeper, the terror dogs. When yeah. they're running around, sometimes it looks kind of <laughs> crappy, but for the most part, the, the effects kind of you know mo- mostly hold up, especially for being a 1984 movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, some of those old green screen effects are, I think that's just kind of another thing of that era, too, that just yeah. sometimes it looks kind of rough, but uh, no pun intended because they're demon dogs, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Dragon Quest reference. Uh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, it's uh, there, there's some really cool effects in this movie, I think. It, yeah. Like, I, I'll say that from, like, having seen some old, like, Godzilla movies, too, and how they did, like, a lot of those effects where it was, like, the people in the suits and how they made the sets look like, you know, these characters were much bigger than they actually were. When watching Ghostbusters and rewatching it, I kind of get the feeling they did that same sort of effect where, you know, they made, like, this small little cityscape and they made the costume, you know, look so big and much you know, it gives it that larger than life kind of feeling. And I think that's really cool. Plus probably like a, and what do they call that? An homage to that sort of era of movie making too. Yeah. You know, with like and a lot it, of those, and it's like big monsters. And it looks movies. even, 
And it does, and it looks even better. It doesn't look like a man in the suit, which sometimes Godzilla movies look like, mm-hmm. or even that Dragon Quest Fantasia movie that we uh, <laughs> talked about recently. But yeah, especially yeah, especially the safe of Marshmallow Man looks uh, pretty cool. Oh yeah. Well, I guess they for the lack of ghosts, they made it up with one big ghost. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. really, too, yeah. like the presence of Zool, like even though Zool physically isn't in the movie for a super long time, like when you see its design, it and the actor or actress, I I honestly don't really know which it is, but um, like it oh, leaves an impression. Like it really does. Like it's it's good set design and you know costume designs and character designs and everything. You know, however you want to however you want to put it. Oh, you're talking about uh, Gozer, the the main one. Yes, sorry, yeah, Gozer, sorry, no problem. That's, yeah, yeah, sorry, that's even the, yeah. Even the video game, some of the video games got it mixed up. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> sorry. A, that, was, that was brain fart there. I, I meant Gozer. No, that's, there's uh, when we talk about the video games later, There's uh, I didn't play many of them, or I think any of them, but the Angry Video Nerd did some videos on some of the early mm-hmm. Nintendo games, and yeah. actually mm-hmm. Sega Genesis too, and they got Zool and uh, Gozer mixed up in the game, called the wrong characters, <laughs> wrong thing. Oh, so. okay. Yes, yeah, whenever I think of, I think Zool was in my brain too because whenever I hear about Ghostbusters two, I always think about this old YouTube joke where you hear, um, I forget what channel it was on, but the guy would go Zool, motherfucker, Zool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's fun is uh, I was trying to look up like what was uh, when they reference all the different uh, ancient civilizations and stuff like that in this in these movies, like what is fake and what is real. So Sumerians like goes and. Yes, Marians and Babylonians and things like that, which are actually real. But then they they throw in all the made-up stuff for the movie, like Gozer and Zool and all that stuff. And I was reading how Dan Aykroyd, when he was coming up the, with the name for Gozer, apparently it was a the name of a Chevy, a Chevy dealership in upstate New York somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it was also based off um, a uh, supposed uh, haunting that happened in the late 70s that was later uh, inspired the Poltergeist movie. So that's Oh, uh, okay, cool. Interesting cool um yeah i guess just even though we've never really talked about the movie for a little bit i guess for just like a quick little plot summary for anybody who's listening who hasn't seen ghostbusters uh this movie uh, starts off with uh three uh guys who work at a college uh, played by bill murray dan Aykroyd, and harold ramus respectively who are doing this ghost research and they're trying to get funding for uh this i forget what exactly it is they're trying to get the funding for but essentially they end up starting this business which they call the ghostbusters uh, they start capturing some ghosts. It catches the attention of uh, some of the New York officials. Uh, eventually, they hire on uh, their own uh, secretary and another member uh, played by Ernie Hudson. And um, as things escalate from there, um, there is the uh, Zool and later Gozer come along uh, to start trying or to resurrect uh, Gozer. Excuse me. Zool are like, is, was Zool the gatekeeper or was it the key master? I forget was, which one it is. Okay. Well, anyway, um, there's uh, two different entities that end up taking over two other characters, um, Sigoni Weaver and uh, um, Rick Moranis. Thank you, Rick Moranis. Uh, take over the two of them, who are two side characters in the movie, uh, end up taking over them. Uh, they end up awakening Gozer. All these ghosts start showing up in New York City. And, well, who are you going to call? They call the Ghostbusters. They come in, they save the day, and you get this big uh, climactic scene with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man we were talking about. And they save the day. So just a little quick summary of the plot there. Uh, Definitely a very funny movie. There's some great lines in this film, which I'm sure we all have our own favorites. It's Miller time. <laughs> my my favorite one is still actually like two of the lines from Ernie Hudson that are like almost back to back. First one, if there's a steady paycheck involved, I'll believe anything you say. The next one, that's a big Twinkie. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love some of the physical comedy in this movie, too. Uh, not just the obvious stuff, but like with the Rick Moran's character. Who he plays this little dweeby accountant. And every time he goes out of his apartment, it's like a running joke in the movie. He gets locked out. Yeah. <laughs> he can't get back in. <laughs> that happens like three or four times throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. I love it when he's good. When it's, he's hosting a party at his place. He can't get back in. He's yelling like, somebody please let me in. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing you hear is him yelling that as Sigourney Weaver shuts the door behind her. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and that was that that's when he gets possessed right yeah that's like right yeah, right before that's like right, right is, before yeah. he gets possessed by the day and it's so funny he's just like hey who brought the dog yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and like before the dog attacks it's sitting in the uh one of the bedrooms on the bed where all the coats are and he like gets the coats as somebody that's coming in that's new and he throws a coat right on the dog before they realize it's there all casually. oh yeah, yeah just like right up on it yeah 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 zool is zool is the gatekeeper Okay. okay, all right. So that's Sigourney Weaver. And Vince Clortho is, um, you just said his name and I lost it. Rick Moranis. He, Rick he's Moranis. the scene master. Yeah, and so did you do you pick up on the sexual connotations of that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gatekeeper. He's the key master. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, that, it definitely, like, as the older I got to, and when Sigourney Weaver would, kept asking Bill Murray, are you the key master? And the way that she, and the way that she does, it's like, oh yeah, all right. Yeah, I was young and dumb, didn't get that for a long time. Yeah, that one kind of goes over your head if you're not the if you're not the right age. Then you get older and wiser, and you learn about the ways of the world, the birds and the bees and the flowers <laughs> and the trees. <laughs> and well, yeah, basically, it's it's a joke that definitely when you're younger, it's just probably going to go like right over your head. This uh, this movie had some fun cameos too. I, I noticed uh, Larry King pops up there. Uh, you got Casey Kasem as yep. your top forty radio DJ, who's also mm-hmm. a very good voice actor from back then. Uh, did you guys notice that the uh, Family Matters cop was in there for like a few seconds when they're in yeah. the jail? Oh, he is. Yes, right. Yeah, he's oh, like, hey, yeah. you guys are out. You gotta see the mirror. Like, One oh, the- God, I totally forgot you're in this movie because you're in it for like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the the tall blonde at Rick Moranis's party was married to Casey Kasem for a while. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I don't know if it was during the movie, but I'll say um just uh, for physical comedy. So if you got like maybe you guys have noticed this too. Um, if you watch the movie, there's a point in it where after they've saved or they've gotten Slimer out of the hotel, uh, it's right after they catch him. The hotel manager is like. Well, how much do I have to pay you? If you watch that scene when when, uh, Bill Murray's trying to figure out how much he owes him, if you watch Rick Moranis, you'll see him scratching his face with like three fingers. And that's where Bill Murray comes up with the (laughs) $3,000. It's a a very subtle thing. I noticed that one time when watching the movie. I'm like, hey, look, that's the sign. That's the signal. (laughs) it's yeah, very goes, subtle so, though we're gonna have to charge you three big ones for this and we're having a special it's only gonna cost you one thousand on entrapment and storage or something like that yeah mm-hmm. yep that was harold ramus though not uh Rick no no yeah sorry harold ramus is the one that's doing it and bill murray's the one that's being like oh yeah uh you have to like this you owe us like three thousand but we have the charge fee for a thousand because of that blah, blah blah yeah sorry i had that again i'm getting these all mixed up here hey they both got glasses i understand yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having my squirrel moment. I'm getting old. <laughs> what you know what I loved about the uh, the Safe of Marshmallow Man is that it's an original character. It's not like they took the Tricks Rabbit or something and, and made him into the big ghost of the moment. It was just a totally mm-hmm. made up characters. And it's great great design. I really like it. So that was fun. I I just I love um Dan Aykroyd's um response to that too with the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man show up. He's just like, It's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. That's the first thing I thought of. He just popped into <laughs> He just says it like Mr. so Stay defeatedly. <laughs> he was so sorry about it too. He's like, I couldn't help it. That's what I, he's I like, I couldn't help it. 
It's the first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> he he just says it just the just the right way. It's so funny. Oh yeah, perfect. I mean, it's just perfect timing between all four of these characters. Like you couldn't have oh, yeah. a better cast for this movie. I mean, and then you've got Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Uh, they actually wrote the movie too, and it's just a fantastic fantastic script. And uh, directed by Ivan Reitman, whose son would go on to direct uh, the uh, the last sequel that they just made. So, oh, there you go. Which I think they announced recently. The next one's coming out the end of next year. Yeah, oh, they're going to do a sequel to the uh, Afterlife. Uh, yeah, Afterlife. Yep, it's a cool. sequel to the sequel. It's the Afterlife. <laughs> afterlife. And back in New York, the way the ending sequence made it sound. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, there's a post-credit scene that kind of hints at that. Oh yeah, yeah. Did Howard the Duck show up in that one too? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just watched that recently, too. I forgot how weird that movie was. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're ready to move on to the second one. Ghostbusters 2. Electric with the, Boogaloo. Uh, with, with the uh, lovely uh, image of the ghost, you know, holding up the uh, two sign. Yes. They did that very well. Yeah, they, that logo. They even had the unit. They even had that on their uh, uniforms in the movie. Oh, did they? Yeah. They, yep. Yeah. It was on their shoulder patch. <sighs> I don't wear my glasses <laughs> enough when we're watching movies. <laughs> Come on, Velma! You can't see without your glasses. Literally, it all just blurs together. <laughs> well, I I did uh, back to the first movie. I'm surprised Yangus didn't bring this up since he's the music guy. You know, I never. I know there was a whole controversy about the theme song. I oh, I never really realized. Oh, yeah, it? It, it's a uh, the the backbeat comes from uh, Huey Lewis and the News. Uh, I want a new drug. I think it is. Oh, uh, I don't. They, I don't know if I actually knew about that one. I know that either. I. Uh, I hadn't. I I saw that recently. He, I think he got Ray Parker Jr. got sued over it. Oh, it settled out of court. Yeah, no, I did yeah, not maybe, know about that. Maybe it just got settled out of court because they keep continuing to use the the song. So yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I want a new drug. Uh, it's the baseline. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Yeah, I had and, no and, idea and, about and, that. Yeah, I for, I mean I like Huey Lewis and listened to all the songs forever and I never would have made that connection until I saw that on the internet, you know, in the nineties or something, you know, because this happened back in the eighties. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm actually I'm glad looks you like two thousand one they oh. started this. Huh. Well there we go. I yeah, I had no idea. That's news to me. It's a long time between between uh, when it came out and when it got settled. Wasn't that the wasn't that about the time the vanilla ice got? Oh hit wait a minute. Too? All right. That was the night late nineties, wasn't it? Okay, okay. So they reached an agreement for the lawsuit in '95. Oh. Okay. Then in 2001, apparently uh, Huey Lewis spoke about it, and Ray Parker then sued him for breach of confidentiality. Oh wow! Oh, so kept it oh my God, it's, it was quiet. Yep. It was quietly taken care of, and then someone talked about. It. Okay. They blabbed. They blabbed. Nice. Yeah, I, you know, I'm glad you guys bring that up. Um, that was something I wanted to bring up too with these movies. Is that except for the main theme song for this first movie? Most, of, just in my opinion, most of the movies they have throughout are horrible. <laughs> You're gonna hear me say this a lot. Like the other songs that they did for this movie, ugh. like the 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 actual like score is good, um, but the other it's just pure like awful 80s music. Just just, <laughs> just bad. The words, the, the, the ones with song. lyrics. Yeah, the ones the ones with lyrics. Yeah, I like the the instrumental music that they play like during scenes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the, the only song that like i can even think of that i actually remember besides the main theme is that one really weird song when like all the ghosts are flying around new york and you hear the song going like it's magic magic i think it's magic yeah. magic or whatever that whatever he says yeah there's some weird songs in the movie yeah like i just remember that one just because of how <laughs> weird it is and it's like it kind of does work with how it's strange how all these ghosts are flying around but it's also the middle of the day so it's not very creepy so yeah <laughs> 
I don't know. A I, lot just, of, I have to agree with you on that one, Pendy, where it was like, it's kind of, a, that was kind of an odd song. And it, and it does this thing where they, the thing, the trend that they had in the eighties and nineties, where they had a lot of songs where they would like explain the plot as they would rap or sing about it, which normally were pretty horrible. There were some, some uh, diamonds in the rough when it came to those kind those kinds of songs, like maybe, you know, uh, MC Hammer's uh, M's family song and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, I, like, <laughs> I want to get the ghost. And he was very scary. I love that song. It's so bad. Well, and maybe it's because I owned the cassette tape for both of these movie soundtracks. I I like the first one better than the second soundtrack. That's just me. Pendy, you're talking. You were for the MC one. Are you talking about the Adams family rap at the end of the second yes, movie? Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God! I where, love is, where MC Hammer is talking about going to the the, the house and getting the a Adams family. That's crazy crap. Yep. <laughs> oh Adams family. I love that, which is so bad. <laughs> it is. It's so bad. It's so, it's so bad. It's good. Oh my God! Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's so. It, it's it's like we were talking about this um, before we started recording, but that's one of the things I love about the second movie is um, the bad guys, uh, little henchman uh, Janos or Janos, however you're supposed to say it. He's just so goofy and it's just so bad. It's just so funny because he's just so over the top. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I wasn't I wasn't sure what I was going to think of Ghostbusters two. I remember not thinking much of it, but watching it again, I was like, oh, you know, it's not not so bad. I mean, it's not as good as the first one, but you know, it's not not too bad. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, so like there's some things about it that were just kind of meh like uh the whole uh what's the vigo is that the name of the bad guy guy? yeah yeah Yeah, vigo yeah he's he's like boring he's boring he's just a nothing character he's like oh get the thing the evil painting there's no personality to him whatsoever i mean not that there was much with gozer but gozer at least had like exciting designs and had the two dogs and yeah gozer had that weird presence too where you weren't really sure like the whole thing with gozer too is that it was a very androgynous kind of character because there wasn't really any real clarification if gozer was you know a man a beast uh a woman a man woman like is it a spirit is it a monster there's no real like yeah clarity to it and even when gozer shows up at the end of the movie it's still such an odd design that it's kind of it's one of those things where, or one of those times where like the costume design really works because it really yes. makes you kind of like question this character and like well you know who exactly is gozer why did they look like this you know, very mysterious yes yes yeah exactly very where- very mysterious that's the best way to put it that's the that's a great shorthand for it. Whereas Vigo is like, oh, yeah, he's this murdering bad guy from forever ago, and now he wants to go, you know, be alive again. Oh, okay, sure. Yep, the 1500s. Oh, yeah. He, he apparently had a very long life um, until he was poisoned, stabbed, shot, hung, stretched, disemboweled, drawn, and quartered. Um, <laughs> that's right. As uh, I lo- Ray I love tells that us. long explanation for it. It's so funny. Just keeps going. One of the better it's kind of like, what, isn't, it that, isn't that everything the Russians did to Rasputin? Oh. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Could be. Oh, so, oh actually, uh, sorry, reading down the wiki a little bit farther. Um, yeah, Vigo was inspired by Vlad the Impaler. Mm-hmm. Um, and in part by Rasputin. I will nice. say that with Vigo too, we do get some pretty funny lines from uh, Janos as his uh, little right hand man, especially when he goes, "Oh, command me, Lord!" <laughs> I, <laughs> I I just love it how quickly <sighs> he is just willing to work for this evil spirit, and just like, "Oh, command me!" <laughs> I mean, he's got it bad for Dana, though, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. th- that's a- anything, good. anything for Dana. Yeah. I think she likes me. <laughs> like you know, honestly this character just makes me think of like an early version of borat before before borat even existed kind of guys <laughs> ever seen that movie but he's oh, yeah. very much like i come from country of robinstein 
So careful of my chicken, he bats. Like, it was just total, and it's maybe just my, uh, just from seeing that movie, too, just gave me total, like, Borat vibes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, the second movie, I don't think it's, I don't think it's too awful bad. Like, I do think it's kind of watered down because, you know, it, it was kind of like the Star Wars episode uh, six effect where they realized a lot of kids really liked it. So they're like, oh, we should try and appeal more to, you know, this audience and this uh, group of uh, viewers. So they kind of oh, watered like, down a few things. That's like, like the, the Turtles 2 live action movie mm-hmm. effect. They did the yeah. same damn thing where the first movie was like so dark and interesting. And then the second movie was like a kid, like a movie for toddlers. Mm-hmm. They yeah, jar jar it before jar jar was a thing. Yeah. But <laughs> because I remember like when watching the second one, I never like it was still, I still liked it, but <clears> it was never one that made me go like, I don't really know how to best. I was trying to think of how to explain this to you when I was writing my, when I was a, uh, thinking about this movie earlier i guess i would say the first one has a little more grit to it not to say it's like an edgier film but just um i don't know it's got a little more bite to some of the themes it tackled and some of the imagery and uh some of the characters like the the key master thing like we were talking about the gatekeeper key master you know it was a funny way to do that sort of joke where it's like yeah i I don't know i'm sorry i don't really know how to best explain it i'm not really sure if i'm well it made the progression of the final boss if you want to call it made a little more sense than hey it's just a dude in a painting yeah yeah and there's yeah, some I, and there's some, like the, some plot holes in this movie that don't make sense that were pretty glaring so like for example in the beginning of the movie they they find the origin or near the beginning they find the origin of uh well not the origin but they find that river of slime right mm-hmm. and so at, at first they're like oh we, what the heck is this and this is horrible and then they get arrested so of course that stops them and then they go to court but they get cleared in court. They they win in court, and then they decide to well, just they just ignore it like the rest of the movie until they're like, oh, maybe we should go check out where this goes. Like that didn't make any sense. And then there's yeah. like another mm-hmm. scene where they actually go to the river, and they're like, oh, maybe we should have brought our proton packs. So like they have these things that are in the movie that are for the the purpose of making more drama. And if they you know did the right thing, then the movie have ended way too soon. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, maybe we should go back to that uh, that disgusting river of slime. That might be important. Nah, nah. Let's do other stuff first for another you know forty minutes before we go back to that. Mm-hmm. I did love the whole scene where they're going down and uh, what is it? They're arguing with the cops. Yeah. Oh, oh Pete, Peter! I got ten miles of cable lane here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the whole thing with the uh, ghosts and the uh, popping up in the middle of the uh, court case—that was great. The Scarelli brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and the, you know that was something still I still in their electric chairs. Yeah, that's what I did like about this movie too. Is that for the new ghosts that they brought in, they had some like fun designs for. Because I mean, like we were talking about with the first one, there's not too many ghosts that you see. But a lot of them had memorable designs, and I felt that was the same way for a lot of the ghosts that showed up in Ghostbusters too. Like yeah, the they, like the brothers, they both had like fun, cartoony kind of ghoulish designs. Uh, you know, you had Slimer again; they gave him a little more personality with the way he looked and kind of animated with how his uh, puppet moved. And um, one of my favorite jokes from the movie, uh, when the when it regards the ghost, is a scene later on where a bunch of ghosts start showing up in New York again, and <laughs> at at the docks. Uh, one of the guys that's inside the shack is like, uh, sir, I think the Titanic has finally arrived. And you see the Titanic all rusted. There's a big hole in it. And all of these people are exiting the ship in like this old classic uh, kind of attire. And I thought that was hilarious because it's like that's really that's a funny way to, you know, bring up the Titanic and be like, hey, look, it finally made it to New York. <laughs> yeah. And then the character, one of the characters who, you know, who uh, is a famous, quite quite famous person says, well, you know, better late than never. Yep. You guys remember who that is? 
Yeah, it's uh, Cheech, Cheech yep. Marin. I totally forgot he was in the movie, too. He's just got a couple lines. Yep. Oh, about yeah. Titanic. Oh, and, and reacting to the Statue of Liberty, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, but, uh, you yeah. know, I, I got to say, too, it's, that, that, that was kind of silly. They brought the Statue of Liberty to life. But at the same time, that was actually a pretty uh, cool scene, how they did that, where um, they found that with the slime that you can, like, kind of repurpose it with the right kind of emotions, like with positive sort of feelings. So what's the best way to get it up and moving with the positive emotions? Have it walking through the streets of New York while the song Higher and Higher is playing as all, all the people in New York cheering on. Oh, that, no, yeah, that wasn't the slime. That was the that was all the NES advantage that was driving that thing. And slime had nothing to do with that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. what really drove it. <laughs> that's true. Well, yeah, yeah that was like Power Nintendo, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was one of the one of the better songs in those movies too. I like liked uh, that use of that song when the when they get the Statue of Liberty to run around and get everybody more positive. Yeah. Use it use it to their advantage. And of course, you know that wasn't the only Nintendo reference either, because like when uh, Rick Moranis' character is uh, making out, or well, actually before when they're he's on the date with uh, Janine, he's like, hey, well, how about we oh, play yeah. some Super Mario Brothers? Oh, we'll play some Super Mario. <laughs> Super like Mario Bob. Brothers, he says. Yeah, it was like oh, yeah, that's right, or yeah. something, and then Super Mario. Okay, who brought the dog? <laughs> Just brings that line back. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. or like the, the fur coat coming alive? That was great. That was a nice little bit mm-hmm. when all the ghosts are running amok. Yeah, that was the montage for that movie. What was the song of? Was it Flip City or Spin City or something like that? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah, but yeah, no. There's some there. There's stuff I definitely like about the second one too. I I just think that it doesn't quite have some of the uh, edge or some of the same kind of humor as the first one. Just mm. just because you know they're trying to appeal to a bit more of a broad audience, or like this younger audience of kids. Which you know, it's fine. You know, because there's, yeah. there's still some very funny moments and still some good scenes and stuff. There's just a few things where it's like, mm, yeah, I think if this hadn't gotten kind of toned down a bit, we probably would have had some a few more bits of humor like the uh, original movie. Yeah, and I, I noticed in this movie, you know, you know, Bill Murray's character, especially in the first movie, he's kind of an irrede- irredeemable character at first. But but what I noticed about this movie that that I was like, oh, it's like it's not because he's sexist, not because he's a con man, it's because he's a he's a Mets and a Jets fan, and that's just absolutely <laughs> disgusting. I'm sorry. Ha <laughs> 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 ha, sports. <laughs> But, so did we have to have the Statue of Liberty in this movie because you weren't going to have the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man marching through town? So you had to have something else big walk through town? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it was the it was the symbol of positivity, that I guess, that they yes, decided to use. Yeah. Which that I thought, sense. I mean, honestly, for New York City, too, I mean, that one, I think, makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's silly, but you know what? It's it, it works, I think, just because it's just kind of goofy, but in the right way. I am up. <laughs> and once they bring out the NES joystick, I was all for it. I was like, oh, oh yeah. okay. That was funny, too. <laughs> if that's what they're plugging in. Yeah. This. I am all for it. Oh, and another fun uh, little bit in this movie is that the kid. Uh, so remember when, um, was it uh, Ray and Winston? They're, they're in the beginning of the movie, and they're going to the kids' party because they're mm-hmm. trying to make money because the whole thing has gone to crap. And, and singing the old song. Yeah. And they're singing the song, and then, uh, like, right before, right after that, one of the kids goes up to them and says, my dad says you're full of crap, and they, they argue with each other a little bit. That's actually uh, Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's son, who, again, <laughs> was on oh, the no one of the future movies. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, funny. Yeah. That's, a, that's a cool little detail. Yeah. Uh, one of the other ghosts, going back to that for a minute, the one in the Washington Square, did that remind anybody else of the uh, of uh, Jabba's pet in the, I forgot what that thing's called, uh, in in Jabba's temple where they throw people oh, to the start? One. 
Not the oh, are you like talking that. about? Are you, wait, are you talking like, about like, the, the little guy? The little the him. Are you the little, the little, oh yeah, him. The little eye. <laughs> yeah. That little thing. No, no, no. The the big one that's underneath that they drop people. Oh, the there. rancor. Yeah, you're talking rancor, about yeah. Oh, rancor. Yeah, that one where it's climbing through that big arch in New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the. Oh that's yeah, the, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That kind of reminded me of that for I because I think ILM did the special effects for that, so I don't know if that was kind of a connection or not. Oh, okay. Okay. Pretty good too. That was one of the better effects. Oh, I also like the uh, the scene with the ghost train that hits that goes right through Winston. That was hilarious. Oh yeah, awesome. that was. Uh, see, it's a lot of those effects too. I really like about this movie. Like, there's a lot of fun little stuff like that. Yeah. But um, good call, Brian. I just found a. <laughs> I typed in the Rancor and Ghostbusters too, and sure enough, right, right takes me right to a uh, Ghostbusters fan website, and it's like about that giant monsters in Ghostbusters too. <laughs> They get the picture and they're like, mm, kind of looks like something, doesn't it? Yeah. But he knows. <laughs> and it was uh, Washington Square Monster, yeah. And you had mentioned that, you know, Slimer gets a little bit of a role in this movie, gives Rick Moranis a ride to the, the, bus. Uh, the museum on the bus. That was great. And he actually gets his own uh, little credit in the, uh, in, the, in the ending, in the end credits. Oh, yeah. Slimer is himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, jokes like that, I always think are kind of funny when they do that. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, like I, um, I will say, like just because I love, just again going back to uh, Yano's, just because of how much he makes me laugh. He's got some very funny scenes, and one that actually is a little creepy too, like in just the right way. So there's a scene uh, that we'll talk about the kind of creepy one first. So after he's become um, Ego's, or or, sorry, Vigo's, uh, like kind of right hand man, his assistant, you see a scene where he's. Uh, walking around uh, after there's this blackout in New York. He's going to uh, Dana's apartment or Sigourney Weaver's character's apartment uh, to check on her. And as he's walking away, all of a sudden his eyes turn to this like, um, like I call them the ghost lights just because it kind of makes me think of uh, the old uh, Tim Curry uh, it miniseries from uh, the nineties. Because when he looks at the, when he's going down the hallway, like all of a sudden his eyes just light up with like this crazy bright color. So we can see, or colors so we can see while he's walking down the hallway. Oh, that was yeah, the first time I've seen like that. I was, like, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, look, yeah, look like spotlights. That's a, that's another good way of putting it. But and I remember first time seeing the movie too. I was like, oh, like oh crap, this guy, you know, he really is possessed. He's got all these yeah. like, creepy powers going on now. But <laughs> then you have a scene that comes a little after that where uh, Dana's baby, a uh, baby Oscar, he gets hot dog. Uh, kidnapped by Janusz <laughs> and. Um, they decided to make it as I, I think the intention was to be scary, but it just comes across as very funny <laughs> because <laughs> Janusz comes flying down from the sky in a nanny co- outfit, like very much like Mary Poppins, uh, picks up the baby. And as he looks at the camera, he just has this big shit eating grin on his face as he flies away with the baby. <laughs> <laughs> and all I could think in my head, like rewatching the movie now is him just flying away going, just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even it, realize it was him until yeah, I we were, we were talking about that too. Like almost all of us were just like, all of us were like, we had no idea. And the second time watching it, it's like, oh, it's Janusz. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Once you notice it, it's just like, it's the best scene because it's just so stupid. <laughs> Oh, another thing that I, I caught watching this uh, for for another time was uh, the uh, remember when they all go into the psycho ward and then they've got the doctor that's talking to them. That's actually one of uh, Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray. Oh yeah, it is. That's right. And then 
And Ben Stein plays a small part in it too, as what in the Mayor's Council. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, I will say too that is um that there's a little trivia too for if you ever watch a, a movie that Bill Murray's in. There's a good chance you'll see Brian Dole Murray in there. So just uh, keep your eyes peeled whenever you see a uh, Bill Murray in a movie. <laughs> His brother like, sure like show up in there at some point. What was that, Brian? Like Groundhog Day. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or like if you've ever seen um, uh, Caddyshack, both of them are in that movie too. That's uh, a Bill franchise Murray... we don't need to see the second one. No. <laughs> but no. um, yeah, if you ever watch Caddyshack, uh, just pay attention because uh, Brian Murphy, or, or excuse me, Brian Murray is the head of the um, caddies in the you know the the caddy division there at the country club and bill murray plays you know the kind of crazed uh groundskeeper i forget his name in that movie but uh carl spackler y- yes carl he plays a uh, uh, crazy carl because he always is su- singing the song like great green globs of greasy grimy go for guts hello mr squirrel <laughs> Oh, but yeah, like I, I think the second one's a good time too. There's just a there's just a few things where it's like mm, I think I prefer the first one, but you know what? This has some fun moments too. Yeah, I agree. It's got some good one-liners too. I mean, like oh, when yeah. they're out there checking out the Statue of Liberty, he's like, "You think she's naked under there? Well, she is French." <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, it, it can be it can be a good time. And if you enjoy the first one, I think you'll probably enjoy the second one too. Just. Yeah, uh, not a bad movie. It's, it just it has its faults, and it's yeah. not as great as the first one, but it's it's decent. Oh, yeah. The only special effects I really didn't care for was the slime around the museum. Oh, I thought I that was the only that. thing that really looked funky to me. Yeah, the way it flowed upwards, and it did look like a jello mold, like he says. But then when it breaks, it just kind of all disappears into the sky. Mm-hmm. I just I, I, I thought they could handle that just a little differently, but might have been all that was left in the budget at that point too. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Well. Should we rip the Band-Aid off and uh, go on to the next movie? Ooh, I got a little bit of trivia before we get there. Okay. All right. What's your so uh, go, going back, and this is actually related to a previous um, Slime Time side quest episode that we were all on. <gasps> uh, remember when we were talking vacations this summer? Uh, Brian, what song did you have me put at the beginning of the uh, holiday podcast? Road. Remember? Oh, no. Holiday I suggested road. holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Did I I think I put that in there. Yeah, you had to switch it. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. So apparently when they were getting ready to do Ghostbusters, they wanted the theme song to be written by Lindsay Buckingham, who did mm-hmm. Holiday Road. Oh, okay. And uh Lindsay passed. Didn't want to be get to known as the uh, soundtrack guy. Oh like, like a eh. like a oh. Celine Dion. <laughs> no, no, uh Danger Zone uh Top Gun. Oh, and, uh, oh, 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 oh gosh, who is that one? Kenny Loggins. Terrible yes, Kenny Loggins. Yes. Kenny Loggins, yes. So, who do they contact next? Go getting into the lawsuit here. They contact Huey Lewis. Really? They're like, hey, why, why don't you write a, the song? And uh, like, no, no, no. I'm too busy actually uh, working on the Back to the Future soundtrack. Mm. Oh, sure. So oh, okay. that's when they get Ray Parker Jr. And uh, the rumor is he only had three out three days to smash up the theme song. And my goodness, like one lawsuit, two lawsuits, three lawsuits. This thing's been lawsuited all over. You know, as we mentioned before, the lawsuit for, you know, stealing the riff. Apparently, the rumor is there that it was a uh, $5 million payout from uh, BMG just to get them to shut up about it. And then, uh, what is it? Ray Parker Jr. had to sue later on in 2013, you know, the countersuit for breaking yeah. the confidentiality. Then even uh, up to nine years ago, Ray Parker Jr. suing to get more royalties because he was supposed to receive 75% of the profits from that theme song. And it keeps going. Wow. Genius. Yeah, it's the second movie, again, except for the original theme song and the, the higher and higher when they're running around the Statue of Liberty. Just pretty bad. <laughs> They've got more descriptive 
descriptive rap songs about hey we went the ghostbuster did the thing oh yeah, i love I, that song for uh, the ghostbuster oh. that's uh bobby brown yes it's in the end <laughs> yeah. credits bobby brown. Yes. you can see a bit in the movie too did he bobby brown yeah yeah he's uh he's like a door doorman when they're going in to see somebody in the movie at some point oh by now you have already heard that song playing behind us uh that, that that'll be what i slip in at the beginning of our ghostbusters 2 talk oh, oh, more you know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right but let's let's rip off the band-aid as you said and get to a perfectly average movie ghostbusters <laughs> 2016 man what you couldn't couldn't have done uh, come up with a better description for this movie perfectly average. <laughs> i think an- answer the call is actually the Yes. You know, subtitle of that one. Pleasantly mediocre. So I, you know, I saw this a while ago and then we were, uh, my kids and I in August, we sat down and I think we watched all four movies with them in the span of about a week. Um, and geez, I know I'd saw this back in 2016 and seriously watching the whole thing. I was totally captivated. I, I put it on like, oh, this is another movie I can take a nap during while the kids watch. And I was captivated the whole time because I was like, God, I remember none of this. Maybe it was so unmemorable, maybe not, but uh Yeah, that's that's about the reaction I had to you. It's this <laughs> like, I, oh, like yeah, that happened. Movie. Oh yeah, that happened. Yeah. Oh yeah, they it, were it all in a... it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a movie that after I watched it, I'm just like, I really didn't remember it other than uh one character and that was Chris Hemsworth. Yes. He was like the yes. funniest part of that entire movie. Yeah. It was, ironically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the best. We're, we're just going to jump ahead here to like the best scene in the movie, in my opinion, and the one that I kept rewatching just because of how stupid it was. So at the climax of the movie, after he's been uh, saved from his little uh, possession that he's gone, uh, gone under because of the, the bad guy, um, he just is standing there casually and he's eating a sandwich. And they're just like, well, the, yeah. like it's like, where'd yeah. you get that sandwich from? He's like, I don't really know. They smack <laughs> it out of his hand. He just looks down dumbfounded. Or like not even dumbfounded, he just kind of looks down. He looks like upset. He lo- and he's just like, "Can I get another sandwich?" All of a sudden, the sandwich flies off from off screen that's wrapped up, and he's like, "Thank you." <laughs> and then he just goes <laughs> and eats it. I watched that scene like five times on TV, rewinding it because it's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, "How could you get a sandwich during all that? How- we were in danger." And he's like, oh, "I just went across the street and I got a sandwich." I know. And like, they slaps <laughs> it out, casual, of his, slaps it out of his hands. And then immediately another sandwich comes comes right to him. He's oh, okay, yeah. thanks. He's just like, thank you. <laughs> I I I rewatched that scene just so many times just because it was so damn funny. Like like the whole movie, I was just I was like, hey, there's really nothing anything that made me like laugh out loud like really hard. But that was the one time where the movie was like I was like, well played movie, well played. <laughs> and the villain in this is is pretty boring as well like just no personality just some guy who's mad that he got bullied or something and he has got no personality until he possesses chris hemsworth and then yeah. when he possesses chris hemsworth of course then it's actually pretty good yeah yeah I'd have to. And, and i would say my favorite part of the movie uh would probably be with uh patty's character uh, the one from she's the lady from SNL, uh, SNL the, the Winston, basically the Winston character. She when she gets uh, when she's in the middle of the concert and the ghost kind of sits on her shoulder and she's talking about like, OK, I'm just going to walk away. And they're like, no, 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 I'm just going to walk away. I don't want to make the ghost angry when she's just kind of <laughs> trying to not <laughs> get uh, taken away by the ghost. I thought that was hilarious. That was my favorite part when she's trying to react to that very subtly. <laughs> I like. I, I, go ahead. I was just gonna say I like the part with the 
what was his name? Kevin in the movie, I think. Chris Hemsworth's characters, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, when he holds up the two portraits, he goes, which do you like better, me <laughs> playing smooth jazz and he's got the saxophone in his mouth or me listening to smooth jab and he, jazz and he's got the saxophone up to his ear? I said, I, I cracked up at that one. <laughs> that was during his interview, right? Yes. I think yeah. so, yeah. And he, yeah, that whole shirtless. interview was Both great. Pictures, he's shirtless. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was reading about that interview and when, how they shot it and whatever. They did like the whole thing in an hour. Um, but he actually had lenses in his glasses and it was reflecting off the lights on set too much. So they took the lenses out. And at one point he like just reaches up and scratches his eye like through the glasses because there's no lenses there. And like they stop the interview and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you don't have any lenses in your glasses? He's like, no, man, they were getting dirty all the time. I just took them out. It's so much easier. <laughs> yeah, that was there. great. <laughs> that, was, that was funny. And then he keeps going on and on about his dog or something. Like, didn't he has to bring his dog dog door um, to the office? Would you mind? And they're like, oh, well, we're like allergic to dogs or something like that. And he's like, oh, my dog or they were saying something about like his dog's name is my cat like michael hat oh, oh yeah cat. like he keeps saying but i'm gonna bring my it, cat yeah <laughs> but it's his cat like i'm allergic <laughs> so it's a dog but the dog's name is my cat my cat like it it just yeah michael hat <laughs> yep. yes michael hat and then he's got the uh he, he said he's like drawn a logo for them because okay. uh oh yeah yeah that was the logo that the one the grit I think they did a good callback with that, with the graffiti later on yes. down in the uh, for the real logo. Yeah. Yeah. The real logo. And like somebody's making graffiti and they, you look and it's the old Ghostbusters logo. But uh, yeah, he's just got this white ghost with like big boobs. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, let, let's 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 talk about this. And he's like, it's the boobs. I mean, I can make them bigger. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, we see him. It's fine. You know, we did. You don't need to make him bigger. Well, uh, and, yeah. and the one just before that, he's got a hot dog floating over a house. <laughs> and they're like, how's that? Well, there's a ghost holding the hot dog. It should be apparent. It's a ghost. You can't see it. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yep. Like honestly, Chris Hemsworth should have gotten the movie and just all that. He should he should have gotten like an award just for that just for his bit in that movie. Can we just go back and give him like for comedic (laughs) timing and stuff? (laughs) The comedic Emmy. I would say, Uh, but yeah, seriously though, he was probably like the best part of the movie for sure. I would say after him. Oh, go ahead. There's a bunch of clickbait articles um, say that, you know, he was worried about Ghostbusters ruining his career because a lot of that was all improv. And that's totally not him. He doesn't have that background. Oh, if they were all improv, it was worth it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, if, that's Im- if that was all improv, then, hey, you know what? He's pretty good at improvising. <laughs> he, he does have... He's got good comedic timing, if that's the case. <laughs> the deadpan stupidity was perfect that he did. Oh, oh right. yes. Throw the phone in the fish tank at one point. He's trying to reach through the glass to get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he he, he wow. was like, he's easily the best part of that whole movie, for sure. Yep. Well, his character reminds me of, like, Rose Nyland from Golden Girls, and I love that show in the 80s. Uh, it's just hmm. the, the ditzy blonde kind of, you know, mean, good-hearted, but just doesn't have a clue what's going on. Okay, dumb question, but is that the one that's played by Betty White or Yes, yes. Okay, all right. Thank you. I've never yes, seen I'm that old. show, so. No, no, I no, I've just I've never seen that show. I just figured that sounds like the character Betty White would play. No. Trust me, my wife is into the Hallmark movies and after the Hallmark movies and she goes to bed, Golden Girls is on after that and that's what I watch. <laughs> <laughs> Golden Girls and Three's Company. I think at some point they were syndicated back to back and i feel like it was in an afternoon and i saw so many of those over at my grandmother's house oh 
<laughs> she'd pick us up from school. We'd hang out there for a couple hours. And grandmother would always have those two on. There hmm. we go. Good oh, show. Oh, and they, and Kevin's uh, fighting with the phone was also great, especially the one time where he's like, uh, yeah, I didn't really like that conversation where I was going. So I just, you know, I just hung up. Yeah. <laughs> I was, that was done good. <laughs> and I would say, I would say after him, uh, probably I liked uh, some of the stuff that Kate and Kenning's Kate McKinnon's character did the one that was basically Egon, like how there's the one scene where she's like eating chips inappropriately when something serious is going on, or she's scaring somebody when they're investigating something. She's got the goofy wig and the hat, some of that stuff. That was amusing. It, well, yeah, the whole first scene where they're trying to make um, Kristen Wiig's character listen for something they heard, like on a ghost hunt, and then it's a fart, and then she goes, "Well, is that more or less gross that it came from the front?" <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and that set the tone of the movie pretty much. <laughs> oh that's my kind of humor though i loved it oh <laughs> uh, yeah there's a, yeah, lot, it, of, a it, lot of horrible it, jokes it, in this movie yeah like this was just a movie that honestly after i got done watching it i really didn't remember much of it except for uh, again the chris hemsworth bits and i don't think like the thing is too i don't think any of the actresses and comedians that were in this movie did a bad job like a horrible job by any means it just i just really didn't laugh at a whole lot of the stuff that they presented in the film and the way no, that they frame some stuff so it's it's like because i've seen people and we were again we were talking about this before that some people get like oh you just didn't like the movie because you know it has women as the main characters and stuff or you just are too attached to the old and it's like no it just i just didn't enjoy it that much you know just, yeah, yeah like yeah, i don't was... really have a lot of this like i like the ghostbusters movies but i don't i'm not like super nostalgic for them by any means it's just i like them because hey i think they're funny but it's just it amazes me how some people will be like you just don't like them because you just don't like there being women in it it's like what no that's not it yeah and there were some weirdos out there that were like upset that's like oh my god a female cast you can't do that but i'm the same way it's like i loved the cast that they got for these four women like you know the the uh what's you know the they they're the snl pro backgrounds from like kristen kristen wig or you know mike and molly and bridesmaids the director did bridesmaids and spy and all these other movies and projects they're a part of i really loved uh, but this just didn't come together as well as some of the other projects that you've been involved in. Yeah. Is this a uh, movie that is not greater than the sum of its parts? Yeah. I, I think, though, the the plot, though, if done differently, was stronger than two. I mean, I like I mean, know the, the guy was kind of weak in the in the character, how they portrayed him. But the I mean, ley lines are a real theory. And if mm-hmm. guys trying to charge him to break the ethereal plane between, you know, the afterlife and the you know the real plane I, I thought that was kind of a neat way to which would make him kind of the leader of the undead then i, I kind of yeah, he goes as far plot. as to kill himself man yeah so, yeah that, that's some conviction like I, I know i can do this so i'm just gonna kill myself knowing that i got this all set up to come back mm-hmm. and, and then there's like nitpicky things in there that i noticed i didn't really like so much like i didn't like any of the props as much as i like the old stuff like i didn't like the the new design for the ecto-1 car I didn't like the cylindrical the sound of it. Yeah, the protopacks were look kind of funky. They, they had the little neon things going in circles in the back that, that looked kind of goofy. Uh, well, you know, like and they, then, like, instead of, like, catching a, a bunch of... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You you finish. Oh, and I was gonna say, like, instead of like uh, actually catching ghosts like they do in montages in the in the first couple of movies, or or even in actual scenes, they just do a bunch of goofy we- weapons testing. There's like two different scenes where they're just testing out weapons on on nothing on targets, and that could have been. I think that could have done better if they actually involved some ghost uh, before they got to the the, the last part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was almost like they were trying to make it an action movie with hand to hand combat. At yeah, that point, because because, you know, they were they had like the 
the punching fist and grenades and things like that instead of just your traditional proton pack that you pull them in and because they didn't even have a containment unit to catch these things they had <laughs> one in a trap them. and that's all they ever caught mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. were they busting the ghosts instead of ghost trappers they're the real ghost busters <laughs> there you go there you go yeah. transitioning you know, from I- that the real Ghostbusters were in this movie. You know, right? Oh, you know, yeah, I realized something. I realized something just real quick that we for that I forgot to mention for Ghostbusters two, and I I can't let it slide. They they took out Ernie Hudson's mustache in the second movie. He just oh, okay. like rip rip uh, rip burnt uh, Ernie's mustache. It's just <laughs> like I'm sorry, but when watching the second one, he looks really weird without his mustache. <laughs> like, I know it's such a weird little nitpick, and just to, to circle back to that, but I, I don't. Like, no offense, but I just don't like him without his mustache. Like, the mustache is Ernie Hudson. <laughs> but like, did he have it in the third movie when he came back as the uncle at the end? Did he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember that movie. Except no, for I, don't even, I, I don't, don't even know. remember. Well, but the, that's a different universe. I don't know if we're going to really call it three. <laughs> yeah, because it was a reboot. It wasn't the, the reboot. Season. Yeah. But uh, I, well, now I have had, to go uh, look. I will you say had that Ray as the cab driver, left. right? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, that Dan was good. Aykroyd, he was the Dan Aykroyd. Yep. Yeah, Bill Murray was, was, was like the inspector guy that came in. He was the debunker. Bunker. They literally, yeah. they literally murder him with no okay, consequence. Debunker. He goes flying out the window. Oh, and he's gone. And it's because they released the trap right in his face. And they kill him. They kill him. And it's like, oh no, okay, it's whatever. And no consequence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they don't the believe only the one ghost. that was stupid. Yeah. I think the only one that wasn't in the movie was Harold Ramis, but I think he was unfortunately he had passed away at that point. Yeah. So I want to say well, he's fourteen, and yeah, Rick Moranis too. He hasn't been in anything since. No, Rick Moranis retired from acting at, at yeah. one point. And... Well, he was doing a lot of directing. Like he did a, a lot of directed and I think some writing for movies. Like he did. I think he was the director for like Orange County. If you remember that movie of uh, Jack Black. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, did, he did became more of like a behind the scenes man. Yep. He kind of just he's I yeah. think he's still involved with a lot of other stuff, maybe. But I, I know he retired from like being on screen. So yes. mm-hmm. yeah, other right. than a few little things, I think every now once in a while. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, he, could, find, you know, he, he, he couldn't he couldn't keep up the bodybuilding and the, uh, you know, the whole <laughs> actor bod and facade and everything. You know. <laughs> well, Sir Greeny Weaver came back, too. Yep. She was high fiving people at the end. Yeah, that was an awkward. She scene. was the. She was like a professor. Yeah, she was helping. Uh, oh, that's right. Hol- Holtzman with the containment unit at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you even oh, had boy, a, yeah, the Janine character as the hotel clerk in the, in the yeah. middle of that movie. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Got, she was. Yeah. Sheldon's what do you mom want? or Sheldon's grandma. I know <laughs> yeah, Sheldon. she had her line. This movie. She had her line. Yep. And I did. I did appreciate the uh, Slimer was there eating yes. the uh, hot dogs out of the hot dog stand. Didn't he have like a girlfriend Female or a Slimer. wife? Yep. Yeah, because yeah, they take off an Ecto one. Yep. Yes. Slime. <laughs> They're having a big old party. That was like that was a, a a fun part of the movie when they come back. They steals the car and he comes back and he's got like the the female Slimer and all the other different ghosts are going woohoo and they're all having a party in the car. You got the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man parade float. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yep. or the balloon in the sky. Oh yeah, get all smushed. Yep. Uh, yeah, Ernie's got a stash and uh, kind of a like almost a full beard. Real short though. I just skipped no, to that part in the movie. I'm looking there at There we it go. Up. Look at that. I know he needs a he needs his mustache. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> but he need like that that sorry that's a really weird thing to to focus on. I know, but it, he just looked really odd without his facial hair in the second movie. There it is in the chat. <laughs> like I'm sorry, he just he didn't. Look okay, like, yeah, I guess you made your point. No, I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> oh wait, are we go back at, to the six cents. Go look at go look at, at, uh, look at my shirtless night. Hemsworth again. 
it haunted my nightmares, man. Maybe that'll just, come I, down. Someone get me a sandwich. I'll feel better. <laughs> oh, Toss you one from off screen. There, oh, thank you. From there across you the country. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, like I didn't think this movie was like outright bad by any means. It just didn't really leave an impact. And after I got done watching it, just I just really don't remember much of it at all. So yeah, <laughs> I watched it. It's okay. Didn't it's not really a movie I want to rewatch again. But you know, so that's why not one to skip. But you know, if you go back and watch it later, it's fine. I mean, no, you don't have to. You could do it. one, two, four. I think they did have a missed opportunity though. At one point, <clears throat> just a stupid aside. But you know, when well, it's okay. It, I've already been complaining about the mustache. So no, I know, but <laughs> but you <laughs> know when well, we got we decides. When, when he's got every, the whole crowd under control and they're all standing there in their uh, Saturday Night Fever pose, mm-hmm. if they could have broke into Thriller right then, oh my god, I yes. think that would have been hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they have them, they have them dance in the credits, but oh yeah, know. it's yeah, but it's not to that move to that song. No. If, I don't think they could get the rights in time. I think I read, but uh, if, I think that would have been funny if they could have d- broke into the Thriller dance it w- break it right there. Been. That would have been nice. They should have gone, it's Miller, Miller time. <laughs> Listen, we got a whole history of, you know, music rights issues with these movies, so why not throw another one on there? Oh, and again, more horrible songs in this movie, too. Didn't like any of them. It sucked. All right, I did. Or the song. I, I don't even remember any I, of the songs. I was going to say, that's how good they are. how good they are. Yep. I will, uh, I will defer to Pendy's judgment on that one completely. They kind of remixed <laughs> the classic for the credits, but that's about all I really remember. But, which was fine-ish, but yeah, most of them are just forgettable or that. I didn't remember that they remixed the the song, but yeah, all right, there we go. Oh, oh, and before we go on to the next thing, uh, they did have the uh, the little post credit scene where they're listening for something, and they uh, they find Patty's oh. character is like, oh, someone mentioned Zool, yep. so they they set up the sequel that will never be. <laughs> oh, I. I I guess I didn't know that there was an after credit. I remember when I watched it on TV, which is the only time I've seen it, was um they must have skipped uh, ahead and put the after credit scene uh, like right after um, you know the movie wraps up. Because I remember like there was a fade to black, and then before they actually started showing credits, they then um, just all of a sudden cut back into there and were like, oh, there's oh, okay. you know like like what you were just saying like oh there's a mention of a. Uh, Something called Zool. Like, I don't know what that's about. That's weird. And then just that's when it goes to uh, the credits then. Uh, okay. At least yeah, on the TV they, edit. So, you know. That makes they sense that did. they would do it for the TV edit. Yeah. But yeah, because yeah, everybody changes the channel at that point. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And Yeah, because yeah, I'm looking at the movie now. That scene is definitely, it's in the last two minutes of the movie is that scene where she mentions Zool. Okay. Well, there we go. All right. So is so, it time uh, to move on to the real three? Yes. And Yangus, did you get to see this yet? No. All right. I was going to okay. say, do you you want to get spoiled what? on all this stuff or what? Um, or do you want to? Yeah, there's pretty, some pretty big stuff in this. No, I'll yeah, probably watch a lot this one. So uh, spoilers. I'm going to take my head headphones off. If you when you need me back when you're done talking about the movie, just uh, send some gifts or whatever, and then I'll I have my phone right next to me. So just start sending stuff on there. Be like, Yangus, come back. All right. Yeah, yeah we can do that. Shirtless, shirtless Chris, Chris uh, Hemworth pictures. That's what we'll send. <laughs> We're saying, we're send send to you every now, way. The question is, are you going to send me a picture of him playing smooth jazz or listening? <laughs> <laughs> we already but got the playing smooth listening. jazz. That means we're still talking. Okay. All right. <laughs> He's listening but, to yeah. it. We're done. Yeah. But yeah, just send me. Um, you can listen again. Yeah. Just send me one of the pictures, like whichever picture of Chris Hemsworth. We'll, we'll, we'll about. get I'll just keep you back. I'll just keep an eye on my phone <laughs> out, out of the corner of my eye. All right. All right, bye. Be back in a little bit. Bye, bye for now. Bye. So he was, well, that was a slow from death. again. <laughs> yeah. 
I went into this one completely blind like a month and a half ago and was kind of glad that I do. Usually I don't care about spoilers or anything. I knew nothing about this other than, oh, yeah, didn't that come out? What, 2020 um, or 2021? The trailers were really uh, uh, vague, 20... though, which I'm glad they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was even before that, like 20, it was before COVID. So it was like 2018, oh. 2019. Afterlife is 2021. 20, oh, wow, so really? just last year? Yeah, 2021. Yeah, I forgot. Okay. Man, it was so, so long ago. Interesting. Awesome. So, yeah, that was, uh, this was pretty cool. You know, it takes place, what, in the Midwest, Oklahoma? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just, you know, mom with a couple kids moves into a house because her dad died and, you know. They got evicted and. Yep, they, they're poor. They got nothing. But hey, you know, dad died and just left him a house. So let's move there. And you've got a, a precocious teen girl who believes in everything. What is it? Phoebe? Yeah. And uh, oh, I, for, I forgot how the movie opens. The movie opens with, uh, yeah, uh, Her- uh, Egon. Although you don't know that at the time, do you? Oh, it's apparent enough. If you don't yeah, know you- that, then you don't know the movie series. <laughs> you fi- yeah, you figure, you figure it out by the time. I mean, it's it, farther it, along. Yeah, it's got his hair. He's carrying a EKG meter. Mm-hmm. He's messing around with. He's carrying a trap. I think they. I think they give you enough that you should make the connection that that's who it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, and, you're you're talking about going in this movie blind. It's there's so many. I did the same thing because I saw it when it came out in theaters. Yep. And there, there were so many great surprises. I was like, oh, my oh, God, yeah. I can't believe they did this. Like the very end, like I had no idea they were going to bring all those guys in. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I teared up a little bit on that. Honestly, you know, just the way they threw back to him now that he's gone. And are we going to spoil this completely or you can put the spoiled everything else completely. So why not? (laughs) But yeah, I I, we're jumping right to the good part at the end already. But yeah, I (laughs) I I really enjoyed how they tied it all together with that. And it's just yeah, it's just a sweet ending with Egon's ghost making that connection with everybody. Yes. Family with the other Ghostbusters. And yeah, like I I said before, like when them showing up at all, I had no idea you're the Ghostbusters were going to show up, let alone be like part of the the movie like that. That was fantastic. The way they set everything up was great. In full garb and Bill Murray does his his, uh, typical stalling tactic where he's arguing with the ghost. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I thought we had a thing, you know, I. Yeah, I know you want to come back, but, you know, it's just not going to work. I mean, basically, you got Egon that moved out to Oklahoma after, you know, later events after Ghostbusters 2. And when he lived the rest of his life battling basically evil in a big, was that a big mesa? Like in the middle of a desert, basically? Yeah, it's a plateau. It's a mine. They mine that mesa. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Well, and that's another cool tie-in um which it took me twice to make catch that the guy that owns the mine was evo shandor yep. which is the guy that built the building in the first movie yep yeah because he he was mining for that special selenium material selenium so that yep. he could make the whole thing the events happen in the first movie using that special material yeah yeah because they talk about that in the first movie that like all the beams are it's like a big antenna yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so he's so <laughs> And it's so funny how his character like comes back to life and is played by J.K. Simmons, of all people, yeah. and <laughs> immediately gets killed. <laughs> yeah, right in half. <laughs> we can rule together. Right. So much for that. <laughs> but uh, there's so many fun references to the past films in the movie. Like uh, there's like some real subtle ones, like how the, the weird stack of books in the uh, the farmhouse are stacked yep. just like the library scene in the first movie, you know, which they keep talking about, like different theories of like, oh, this book is blah, 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 or stacked like a something or other. Uh, Sequential. Ecto- 
So, yeah, something sequential book stacking. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the Ecto, the original Ecto 1 coming back, of course, that was terrific. Uh, Janine's, the character Janine coming up at the beginning and at the, the very end of it was yeah. awesome. I like uh, the upgrades they gave Ecto 1. Yeah. Little pop out seat. Yeah, the gunner seat and the uh, RC. Um, oh, the little uh, remote control car that could go out with the, the trap. The, with the trap on it, yeah. It was it was a good way to tie in the old and bring the new in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and it just like the way like like Egon's you know granddaughter Phoebe uh, interacts with the ghost of Egon throughout the whole movie is just so sweet. Is it? They did that perfectly. Yeah, yeah. and then even how it does with her mom too. Yeah. Later, yeah. when the mom's down in the uh, laboratory. Yeah, she finally realized they didn't really she abandon re- her. He was just trying to save humanity. Yeah, he, he had some big shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then when they get the Ecto-1 running and they uh, have the chase scene with the Muncher ghost, that was fun. Ah. That was great. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, my, kids, the, my kids loved Muncher. They, they, oh, yeah. they were even good. talking about him. My oh, youngest awesome. today, I told him as he was going to bed that I was going to be doing a podcast about Ghostbusters. He's like, make sure you talk about the new Slimer, Muncher. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. It's awesome. And that whole scene where they chase Muncher through town, I think it's funny that five seconds earlier when I can't think of her character's name, the daughter mm-hmm. is having dinner with uh why I'm terrible with nights tonight. Names tonight with it's uh, Phoebe. No, not 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 oh, the, the, mo- the mom's mother, daughter. Oh, the mom, mom. The Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Mr. Mr. Gruberson. Yeah. Gruberson. Gruberson. Like, I'm kinda of worried about my daughter. I just wish she'd get in a little trouble. And <laughs> then they tear through town and destroy half of it. I got to say, my my absolutely favorite scene uh, in the movie was when uh, Paul Rudd's character is in the Walmart and he's the little, little <laughs> state of marshmallow men come to life. Oh, and they're, they're those guys other. are great. Yeah. <laughs> they're burning each other on a grill. They're yeah. blending each other. There's blend, one that gets yeah. in a blender. Cocktail. And they're also happy about it. Face. Oh, yeah. They're yep. like, oh. <laughs> Comic <laughs> running mischief. around on a Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious, that part. <laughs> They come back later at the end. They're in the car. Yeah, yeah. that was great. That was great. Destroying the proton pack. Yep. Yep. Oh, and then like the the whole uh, gatekeeper keymaster thing with uh, Paul Rudd's character and the mom. How when they finally get together and they're kind of courting each other for a little bit, and then like at the very end, uh, he he gives her a little flower, and then she's like, and just eats it. Yeah, bites it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 and then, and then Egon's uh, granddaughter. Uh, Phoebe, the Phoebe character, mm-hmm. how her, you know, how the whole shtick with her about trying to uh, tell those terrible jokes, and they just get progressively worse throughout the movie, which was great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, worse, more horrible as they go on, <laughs> which made them better. Yes, because each one was just <laughs> that much worse than the prior one. <laughs> You're right. I think I like everybody that they cast for all the characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even like the little uh, podcast kid. He was cool, too. Oh, yeah, and, podcast uh, was great. He had a fun little uh, thing at the end where he's talking to Ray, and uh, Ray ends up being like his his one his subscriber. Mystery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're that guy? And it really, you know, it's called back to podcasts, like talking about his own podcast, where he's like, yeah, I, I really find my voice, I think, in the 46th episode. Yep. And then Ray repeats that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think you, you really found your voice in the 46th episode. That was, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great tie-in, too. Yeah. Oh, and, and uh, just something that seemed completely random, but it was a great callback, was like the little mid-credits tag scene where they brought in Sigourney Weaver again with Bill Murray, and they're doing that little... Uh, Electro the shock test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting all the cards right, but she's shocking him for all the stupid crap he's saying. D- yeah. Gosh, that goes all the way back to what the beginning the of the beginning. first movie. Yep. Like and then the she's like, scene in the first movie. 
Yeah, and she's like, you marked the cards, didn't you? He's like, no. She shocks him again. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, whereas the third one had some references but tried to do its own thing, um, this one is just, it, it's that perfect continuation, like 25 years later, you know, let's, let's go back and, you know, wh- where's everybody now? Obviously, you know. One's passed away defending the world and the others are doing their own things, but willing to come back and just, you know, it it took the old, it took the new, it blended it perfectly. Yeah, it's it's such a perfect sequel that, you know, it respects the original material and and does a great job of being entertaining on top of that. And, you know, it was just such a, a wholesome ending and a fantastic tribute to the character and to the man himself, Harold Ramis. So that was, Mm -hmm. it was very awesome how they did that. Yeah, it was very touching how they did it and. Like I said, I I mean, I got a little teary at the end there when they I don't know who played him in that scene. Or is it all just computerized? Yeah, it could have been. I Well, he would have had to he would have to or his family would have led had them license his likeness. Listen, man, if my if my family can make some money on my likeness after I'm dead for uh, eight, ten years, more power to him. (laughs) So we'll be taking all these podcasts and stitching it together. (laughs) Get Matt's voice on the hundred and. 56th episode (laughs) i was gonna say if slime time number 1000 my kids uh you know ai put me in there there you go and they're using whatever the uh 2080 version of uh patreon is i'll be a little disappointed in that but if they make some good money good job guys there you go oh yeah and we had mentioned before that like the someone had mentioned that there was a post-credit scene where they potentially set up a sequel which i guess is going to happen now but basically you know it's uh janine's character talking with winston's character with winston and uh at the very at the very end of it because they're established that they're in new york they show like the little containment uh, uh center that they had for the ghost in the firehouse and it's got like a red blinking light like something like it's going to like all the ghosts are going to escape possibly or something so that's I guess what how they set up the something's going to blow again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he he brought Ecto one back. He's like, I'm going to fix you up, girl. Mm -hmm. Um, I I like that. Some of the music, the instrumental music sounded like music from the first one too. like the I can't name that tune, but there's that one they always play and it sounded like it. It wasn't exactly the same, but it's kind of the, you know, remastered score. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the, the eerie like, you know, music, the creepy music that they used, you know, in the first the first uh, movie and kind of played around with it a little bit. It, yeah, it was very, very cool how they did that. Yeah. And Ray still working at his bookstore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, that's how you revive a series. Yeah. And they went back to the firehouse. I mean, yeah, like you said, the containment <laughs> users, they brought the firehouse Star back. Wars, sorry. <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, I'm good. <laughs> I was just saying that, that I forgot about the firehouse too. I know you said the containment unit was brought back in that end sequence, but you know, yeah. they bring the firehouse back, they bring the containment mm-hmm. back, they bring the car back. It's definitely setting it up for it to move back to New York in some sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, we didn't even mention there was a little cameo of the firehouse in the, uh, oh, the 2016 in the, one. And after the call. Yeah. Yeah. When, the, when they rent how much? <laughs> yeah, forget that. <laughs> then at the end, they get to rent it because, you know, they're the heroes of the city. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was actually amusing where it's like, it's how what? No, I don't know. <laughs> they're just going to be above the uh, Chinese place. But all right, should we call uh, Yangus back? Summon the Yangus what? with the topless Chris Hemsworth. Let him be praised in his smooth jazz. <laughs> Ping him all over the place. And we can talk about some of the uh, non theatrical Ghostbusters stuff. Oh. Ah, you have returned. Yes, I've been on my own Ghostbusting adventure. <laughs> <laughs> is it tied into one of the movies? Uh, no, but it was very extreme. 
and it was very Ooh. real. There's also a gorilla involved. I don't know where he came from, but <laughs> you'll probably have to talk to us about that gorilla. Well, I don't know if I can give the gorilla justice. You know, he's his own. He's his own ape. And it's a little hard. To, it's hard to speak for the apes when you don't really know the apes. <laughs> I, I can't. I don't know how much further I can go at this. Okay. Gorilla. So yeah. Well. well. <laughs> So over the past couple of days, um, we, we've been, you know, our group text has blown up. Uh, Delicious Dwayne has been telling us and reminding us of many things. Um, I think in 2011, there was a uh, IDW uh, comic series about them. Uh, looking around the Internet, I found it and promptly read zero episodes. So but he praised it, loved it, said they did a really good job and you know, sitting there reading it with all the actors' voices in his head was wonderful. Yeah, you were saying that, like, you can tell it's a really good uh, comic when you can easily, you know, hear the, the, the voices of those characters in your head. Mm-hmm. If it's a comic, are you hearing the cartoon character voices in your head or the movie <laughs> cartoon character voices in your head? You're hearing Garfield, just nothing but Garfield. Okay. Oh, man. Which we'll explain later. <laughs> just Garfield. Just Garfield. So... Just Garfield. After the uh, after we watched all the movies, I was telling my kids, I said, you know, yeah, I remember watching these movies when I was young, but I didn't watch the movies as much as I saw these guys every Saturday mm. on the uh, the real Ghostbusters TV show um, where Slimer played quite the big role, especially in the later seasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't they change the name of it after a few seasons to Slimer and the real Ghostbusters or yep. something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, they uh, interesting story how ABC, the whole block of Saturday morning cartoons, was uh, not doing so well. So they brought in a they brought in a consulting firm consulting firm to uh, you know, re redo some of their their cartoons and kind of jazz them up, I guess. But they made a lot of changes to the Ghostbusters cartoon, made it less scary and made it more centered around Slimer and, and stuff like that. Well, I didn't exist when all this was going on, so you have you have to enlighten me more. <laughs> yeah, and they, they had, like, I remember in the later seasons, uh, they brought in, like, this goofy you know, professor-type character. Uh, what was his name? It was, like, like uh, oh, Professor Norman Dweeb in, like, really goofy <laughs> design. <laughs> wow. and that was that one. Pink dog that was goofy. And he, his one goal was to, like, capture Slimer and study him. So that's, like, it was his shtick was trying to capture Slimer. Boy, I don't remember that at all. It must have been after I quit watching. Yeah, probably for the for the good for, for good for the good. There's a lot of there was like eight seasons of this. Yeah, it went on wow. forever. I was looking a it up. Long, there was a, yep, eighty six to ninety one. Yeah, a hundred forty seven wow. episodes. That is a long time for a, a cartoon from that era. Yeah. So, are you saying after the Slimer season, whatever that was, was when it kind of went downhill? Yeah, yeah, and they they okay. uh, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, they brought in a lot of new voice actors and stuff like that. Because uh, if you remember, we, we were talking about it before that how uh, the Bill Murray character uh, he was played by the the actor who did Garfield. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Uh, yep, Lorenzo Music. He was yeah. voiced by him. So if you've ever seen uh, the Garfield and Friends cartoon show, the old mm -hmm. one from the '90s, and you've heard how Garfield sounds, imagine that voice, that exact same voice too coming out of uh bill murray's character Peter Vinkman. <laughs> oh, yeah. i was watching the first episode of the first season i was like oh my god it's garfield <laughs> oh it, yeah it like, really is yeah like bill murray specifically even I, I i saw this and it just made me laugh so hard that bill that this is where bill murray drew the line because he didn't like that he sounded like that his character sounded like garfield 
But then years later, he ended up voicing Garfield in those two the live quote action. unquote live action Garfield movies because he thought that the Cohen that was the director was one of the Cohen brothers from like Oh Brother Where Art Thou or um oh goodness what's another one like their True Grit remake you know oh, yeah. these you know they've made just a ton of movies he thought it was them uh, nope not not even one of them <laughs> so he he totally got himself into that situation because he didn't pay attention to the names properly. <laughs> Yeah, because he like uh, I think I think he mentioned it that like he complained about his character sounding too much like Garfield. Yep. So like in season three, they brought in Dave Coulier, who was uh, one of the dads on Full House, and he did more of like a Bill Murray impression. So it sounds more like Bill Murray from the movies. Yep. Yeah, because that was one of the things I saw, and I'm like, wow, really? He didn't like that. And then when I found out that then he was in those, Gar- I never saw those Garfield movies, but when I then saw that he did play Garfield. I'm like, wow, that is irony coming back and biting you in the ass real hard. Or, <laughs> or yeah, I, yeah, irony, yeah, that's the right word. Coming back and biting you real hard, isn't it there, Bill? That's <laughs> yeah. like, that's why you read your contract clearly on who you're working with. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was some interesting voices, uh, voice acting in, the, in this cartoon. Like one of the actors who did their character the whole way through was Frank Welker, who did Ray and, Sli- and Slimer. And he yep. was the guy who was famous for doing characters like uh, Megatron and Transformers and, and very famous for doing uh, animal and monster voices for so many mm-hmm. projects. If you needed someone to do like a, a voice for some kind of animal sound or something, like he was the guy that you went to. He's in so many movies and cartoon shows just for, mm-hmm. for doing that stuff. Well, yeah, I got to like, like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, like credit where it's due, like even though everyone's always like, oh, you know, Fred's such a boring character or whatever. Frank Welker, he has voiced Fred in nearly every Scooby Doo related uh-huh. project. Like yep. he, mm-hmm. like he is like the voice of Fred. Yeah, and he's done Scooby Doo himself since like '02. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he took over for him too at one point. Yep. And then you've got uh, Maurice Lamarche, who's Egon. He's uh, you may know him as a Brain from Anim- Animaniacs and a lot of roles in Futurama. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Oh, uh, really? I didn't realize that that was him. To be honest, yeah, yep. that's the that, he did. Uh, he did Egon at one point. I forget if he was the first Egon or the second Egon because I think that got recast. Uh, one of the characters. Oh, it, you know what? Point. Actually, that's he's the only one. Oh, is he the only one? Uh, okay, I'm looking. So, I'm so, looking at the voice cast by seasons, and he's just. It doesn't even have seasons there. It's just like him was Egon. Everybody else is. You know, somebody else did it the first two. Yeah, Dave Coulier took over in season three and went all the way to the end. Huh. It looks like Janine Janine got recast after two seasons. And then, oh, and Winston. Winston is who, 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 who. Yes. Arsenio Hall for the first few seasons. Starts off as Arsenio Hall for a few seasons, yep. That's funny. (laughs) I wonder. This is a hell of a a cast here looking at all these. Yeah, it is. Uh, You know, I wonder, too, just I've not looked up in the history of this show. I know back then, though, that there would be times where um, if um, oh, what, is it, what is it like if they change the animation studios as well, that that can end up affecting the voice cast as well, because they like for whatever reason, they I've seen that with other cartoons, too, from like even just from like the past decade where gosh, what was that? There was some George of the Jungle cartoon that was on Cartoon Network when I was growing up. It wasn't like a really like standout ha ha funny kind of show, but it had some good moments to it. Like some there were some jokes that did work. But when they changed animation studios at one point, they recast the entire um, well, cast of characters. They, they recast everybody. So I wonder if it was also a case of that with uh, this cartoon where it was like, oh, we got to bring in some new people. So or a new animation studio. Let's change all the voices. <laughs> and, and I don't know if this is true or not, but supposedly Ernie Hudson actually auditioned for his role and didn't get it. 
But I don't know. What? That, that, that was <laughs> oh, that's wow. from the, the Wikipedia, which you know is always you know correct. So God, I would that, honestly believe that though. They'd be like, "No, you're you're too qualified," and maybe. <laughs> You're, you're overqualified. Too Sorry for this. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, going back to the Jeez. the uh, Wikipedia, the source for all everything. Um, but Jim, what is it? Uh, Maurice, the guy who got the uh, Egon role, um, he was asked not to impersonate Harold Ramis, but he did anyway and got the That's part. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, Dave Coulier said that uh, they wanted to get away from the guy the first two seasons, and he was asked to do it and sound more like Bill Murray. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was watching the first episode of this because I hadn't seen it. Since yeah, Ernie did not get the role. That was great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's there. I don't know if it's true, but it's there. Wow. But I was watching the first episode of this because I hadn't watched this since I was a kid. And uh-huh. one of the early jokes is hilarious because they, they run into these ghosts in the beginning of the episode and one of the characters is like, oh, I wonder what dimension these ghosts are from are from, or something like that. And Egon, totally deadpan, is like, eh, I think these ghosts are from New Jersey. No sign of intelligence whatsoever. <laughs> like, damn. Ouch. Shot at New Jersey. Okay. Shots fired. <laughs> first episode. That, yeah, I did. I think my kids and I watched the first three episodes. Uh, I want to say the first season or the first group of whatever, because I'm looking here and they're on Prime, but I think only the first episodes or the first season may be free. Um, Got to buy the rest. But <laughs> just looking at some of these these episode descriptions, I'm like, man, they were on point with this one. Peter, Egon, and Ray are transported to another dimension via a supernatural tornado. They arrive in Boo York City. And not only do they have to worry about getting home, but also the ghostly people busters. Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> but um, I, I do remember from some of those seasons, the, the big character they had, a, I think it must have been the early seasons, was Sam Hain, you know, the, the big bad of Halloween. Mm-hmm. I remember those episodes. I, I'd have to look through the episode list on when those were, but I remember that being a recurring character. So I, I, I got a question about this TV show since uh, you guys have been, you watched some episodes before we did this tonight. Did they use the Ghostbusters theme as like the title theme for the show or did yes. they use yes. like, um, like some brand new song that was like uh, in reference to the <laughs> Ghostbusters theme? No, the actual theme. Okay, they did. Okay. It was the same singer, but it was the actual song. Okay, okay. I was just curious about that because, you know, sometimes cartoon shows, like if they're based on a property, they can do that. But then there's other times where it's like, no, I'm sorry, you can't use this exact one, but you can make your own sound alike. And it was, uh, they even used it for the, the ending theme too, just without uh, uh, without words. It's just the, the music. Oh, just instrumental. Okay. Yeah, they're just like kind of dancing down the street, slamming, oh, okay. messing everything up. Oh, you know, something we didn't, we didn't mention, uh, but we kind of implied was like the whole, uh, thing about the real ghostbusters cartoon because there was the some uh, live action and we were joking about that the, the in the 70s right in the 70s yeah. there's a live action uh show called ghostbusters and ghostbusters with a space in between and it was about uh i guess these guys are would investigate would investigate ghosts and things like that and then when the movie got popular then they the company that was behind the live action action movie i think it or cartoon or show might have been the same company or at least the same people that own the rights decided to make their own ghostbusters cartoon so to differentiate themselves from the the other weird thing they said we're the real ghostbusters so that's why they got the real ghostbusters in the name well i think the thing plan was they were originally going to go with filmation who did he-man for the for the movie tie-in the movie tie-in from what i was reading and then for some reason there's a dispute they, they didn't get it and it went to Oh, shoot. It was a big other animation company back then. 
Oh, wasn't it? Uh, it was uh, Dick. Well, there was there was yes. Dick. Yep. Yeah. Or Dick. <laughs> Dick. Good old Dick. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Dick going around on this cartoon. But yeah, it was, it was Dick. It was Dick that did this. Uh, they were also generously rated PG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah there, was some, so, but, yeah, there was some kind of dispute between the two companies, and so they had the two Ghostbusters cartoon, one based off the actual movies, and then one that was based off that old live-action property from the 70s. Yeah, which was supposedly some kind of a kid's show. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it was comical at some sort. I think, yeah, because yeah, like, just from my understanding, too, I haven't seen this one, but... I think that was sort of the approach they went for because they had like their cartoony animal sidekick with the the gorilla, which mm-hmm. you know joke about that one before. It's I think it's supposed to be kind of like their Scooby Doo. Yeah, you know, kind of like just a, oh yeah. we got this animal sidekick with us. You know, it's like Scooby Doo, but he's a gorilla. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, it was like what? two goofy detectives and a gorilla. I think was was the the setup. And uh, I think, and the two of the guys were kind of, sort of famous for doing. Uh, if if you guys ever saw it at Nick at Night, like F Troop. That oh yeah. Show. Oh yeah. The comedians from them from that show. Which Troop? F Troop. I remember that I, show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that one. It's an old show. If you watched, like, if you ever watched Nick at Night growing up, you may have caught it, like with you know Mr. Ed and all the other classic. Be and all the other. Back when Nick and Night played show. black and white TV shows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I remember when I well, maybe just from when I started watching TV too at the age I was, but um I remember when Nick and Knight would come on, it was usually like old sitcoms like uh, you know, stuff like the Bill Cosby show, the Brady Bunch. Oh man, like you're hurting me now if you're saying those are old sitcoms. <laughs> well <laughs> you got to a different age of Nick and Knight. I'm <laughs> I caught all those on I'm TBS sorry. every summer when I was young. I'm sorry, Wudis, I'm not trying <laughs> No, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really care. Night. Yeah, I'm I remember so Mr. Ed, Bewitched. <laughs> yeah, all the black and white stuff. I'm my, try, two, my three sons are. Oh yeah, Nick at Night was black and white. I'm gonna I'm gonna try yeah. going back onto the forums. It's like your account has been permanently banned. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I don't care. I know I know I'm getting old. <laughs> I don't care. What's the reason uh, you pissed off the owner? <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended uh, but, there. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, but, oh yeah, just a, just an aside, Platty. You can watch the. Uh, later. Oh, wait a minute. Were you talking about like uh, when you were talking about watch trying to watch the cartoons like without Prime or with Prime? I think with Prime. Yeah, with with Prime, you can watch the later seasons too. Because I dipped into like the last okay. season to kind of get a flavor for that too. And I was like, oh, I'm not signed in here. That's why. Oh, <laughs> that's why. I was gonna say I know I didn't have to go scouring the back end of the internet, which I do all the time anyway. But I, um, yeah, I was like, I know I watched like three or four episodes with my kids and said, oh, there's a lot more to do. But oh yeah, they're all on here. Well, I'm gonna have to go watch those again now because I didn't, I didn't get through any of those before we did this podcast. I was just going off of me being a dumb kid watching it. And, and watch apparently, all... what what's on here is it, like it's got it broken down into different seasons by different um syndication because they're yeah they're they're oh. just like broken down because oh uh, they're doing they, the volume thing they're doing volume yeah, yeah they're not seasons it's more like volume one two three and it yeah, looks like they of... don't have them all either and mm-hmm. i was reading on wikipedia that when they released them at one point they got to about 100 episodes left about 38 of them off and that looks like what's on uh amazon. that seems to be what's on uh amazon here prime that happened with captain n too because they left all the the sh- 15 minute episodes off and just put the, all the full versions on. Yep. And they stripped out the 80s music that was in all of them. Yeah. Yeah, there some shows from, you know, that's the same thing, totally different uh, show, but like that's one reason why like the old Muppet Babies cartoon has never gotten re released. It's because they use so much uh, old footage from movies that, you know, copyrights have oh, moved royalties. around and stuff. So it's just like not feasible 
to try and bring that uh, old animated show um, onto DVD or Blu-ray and stuff. I think you can find YouTube uploads, but you know that's just people uploading it because they have it. But like, I don't think we're ever going to see like an official release because yeah. like I'm, I. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been a long time up at fan. I've always been like, oh, you know, I wonder if that show will ever get re-released. And I've seen like that's a some, yeah, <laughs> do 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 do. <laughs> but with like mm. old, uh, t- but like um, like old shows like that too. Like if they use certain music or they use you know clips like that, it's really hard to get them to uh, get the copyright stuff kind of figured out there. So well, well, Brian, I guess yeah. you gotta you know find another source to watch all 147 episodes with 13 <laughs> Slimer shorts. <laughs> There's plenty yeah, out there. Yeah, so yeah, so a start. Yep, that's what's here. That's uh, volume five. I forgot like Janine turns into a Ghostbuster. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I see her, her her outfit there. Her her, her pink yeah, uh, after a while. You know, I don't. I've seen episodes of the of the Ghostbusters cartoon. The like the one like um, what's it called? The real Ghostbusters. Um, yep. I've seen that one, but I don't remember how I saw them. Is the thing because I can't recall if I it's saw nice. them via like. A YouTube upload, or if it was like I had on, it might be on one of the DVDs I had, or just as a bonus, they had some episodes from like just some random ones uh, from that cartoon. Because I remember when watching them, like you talk, you guys talking about the voice changes. I remember when I was watching uh, these cartoons at one point, the first one had uh, Lorenzo Music as the voice of uh, Peter Beckman, which I, of course, as soon as I heard him, I'm like, oh, it's Garfield. <laughs> but, um, when I was then watching um, the next episode that came on, like Peter's voice was completely different. I remember being like, what the hell happened? <laughs> I mean, it was like, like one of those best of. I think it must have been like, I don't, like remember, that. I, I don't remember if it's on the DVD that I have, though, because I have some old special edition of like Ghostbusters one and two collection or whatever it's called. Yeah. It, it might be on one of those discs on that one. But anyway, I've seen just a few episodes and it, it definitely when watching. It's like, yep, this is an 80s cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Especially with Slimer being the cute little side character going. (laughs) (laughs) You do that pretty good. (laughs) Oh, but yeah. So moving on down the uh, timeline, anybody ever watch the Extreme Ghostbusters? Oh, God. Animated Mm -hmm. TV show? Thankfully, no. It just looks horrible. No. Extreme Ghostbusters. You know, I I brought this show up earlier because... you did. Uh, Woodis was asking, like, oh, does anyone remember this Ghostbusters cartoon? I thought he was talking about Extreme Ghostbusters. This is not one that I've personally watched. <laughs> I don't, but because uh, I remember, I remember it being advertised. I do remember that because um, I recognized the logo. And like years later, when I then saw the movie, it's like, oh, okay, this like that cartoon was supposed to be like a continuation of this. Okay, I see. But um, from what I read, from like a, a quick little summary, like Extreme Ghostbusters is supposed to be like a new generation of Ghostbusters. That's been trained by Egon from, you know, uh-huh. the original team. And um, I think if I remember right, the one thing that caught my eye too with the show was that, you know, it's this younger group and that one of them was in a wheelchair. Like you had the one, you know, your big burly guy, you know, it's, it's kind of a more uh, like uh, a bit of a, di- a diverse cast. I don't, I've not watched the show. I, you know, I just, it's one of those random memories when, when Woodis asked about it earlier, it was just all of a sudden, like it popped into my brain, like, Oh, wait, there was this Ghostbusters cartoon from when I was a kid, but I didn't watch it. So it was one of those weird memories that just all of a sudden like appeared in my brain. That's like, oh, I haven't thought about that in years. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm looking at pictures of it. Doesn't even look familiar. Nope. Yeah, it's Egon's what teaching college, and he gets four kids together. Slimer's obviously in it. You got to keep Slimer in there, and the weird design ghosts. too for Slimer. Yeah, yeah, he, weird looking. Yeah, very pointy. I think that the the team that did this show, and I could be wrong, were ones that also did stuff like the uh, Men in Black cartoon from that era. They did um, the there was a Godzilla cartoon show from that era too that was like based on that uh, wonderful and, and critically acclaimed and absolutely loved Matthew Broderick 1998 movie. Um, that was very much sarcasm in case that wasn't clear enough. <laughs> <laughs> what, but, what was uh, the airing dates for this? It was on the fall of 97. 97. Oh, so it was that late. Yep. Okay. Yes, yeah, so it was like late later 90s. But okay. um, I would have been and heading it was, off to college. Or I would have yeah. been in college at that point. That's why I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been no, there no, too. that's fair. Like, like I said, this was just something I remember being advertised, and because you know, on cartoon channels and stuff. Sure. Oh, hey, there's this new Ghostbusters show, and it was just like, oh, okay. I never watched it. <laughs> I so just apparently when, when you asked about was it earlier, on it was just e- like it just brought my memories back. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that cartoon, like being advertised and stuff. We all watched this on the Bobot Kids Network, right? What? Like this, this, this was yeah, exactly. Like original network, it was just put into syndication by the Bobot Kids Network. Oh. I, I, I don't know. Amazing Adventures, BKN. So I have to look see what channels this what it ran on. Running yep. time. September to December of 97. Yep. Uh, yeah, it must not have been mm. too good then. It 40 episodes, aired, though. Yeah, I oh, know. That's know, a lot of episodes to just <laughs> dump out really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, this was just on... Uh, w- Does it say it was on, like, ABC or, if like, a... No, it looks like it was on, maybe... It was straight to syndication, so it was on, you know, your second-tier networks, and it only aired between 2 and 12 hours a week. At this time of the... Okay, so this one was airing 12 hours a week back then. I don't think we so, even got this channel in my area. It looks like it might have been on your local WB. BK, we didn't get WB back then either. Yep, uh, so there you go. I, I'd have to look and see. Like, cause, I mean, I was also four years old at the time when the show came out. But um, Oh, I they did the if... Mask animated series, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. Okay, Captain they did Simeon the and the one. Space Monkeys. Okay, yeah, the mask one. Then that's the. I guess it would be more that style because I remember watching that mask TV show and it was had sort of that kind of uh, bouncy look to it and kind of weird animation. It had that one I remember dinosaurs too. <laughs> okay, yeah, the, maybe the that weren't the ones then that did the. Does it say if they did a show about like? Um, oh goodness, what was that robot show? It's like Rocky and Big Guy. Like it's like a, a robot duo. Like one looks like a little kid, and the other one's like this huge Hulk. And um, well, they like got their whole of, list of them here. No, no, I don't. Probably see a different Rocky. company then. The station existed from '92 to 2000, which, yep. At that point, I lived in the country. You know, if we got we got the four over-the-air channels, and that's all we got back then. So, okay, yeah, they might not have done that show because the one I'm thinking of is called Rusty and Big Guy, and that that was also kind of a sort of had the same look to it that like the uh, Mask show had. So, but it might, it's probably a different company though. I do remember but hearing whatever. about Mummies Alive. There was a Jumanji. Yeah, there's Jumanji. Highlander, the animated series. Oh, yeah, that just, because that sounds kid friendly. Oh, yeah, yeah Jumanji. I remember that Mighty Jumanji Max. show was. Um, if it's the one I, I'm thinking of, it was animated by Klasky Chupo, who did like the Rugrats and stuff. And if you know their kind of animation, the way their characters look, they look kind of odd. <laughs> but you've got some weird proportion characters. Have you ever seen stuff like Rugrats, or if you've ever seen, um, mm, yeah, oh, what's another cartoon they did? Uh, Duckman that uh, oh. Jason Alexander was in. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 
But like, yeah, there we go. Cartoon show that I should not have been watching at my my age. I think <laughs> that, that's uh, okay. You, you can you just got to see a, a new side of George Costanza as a duck. Yeah, <laughs> that might have been. That had a Pokemon reference in it. You'll have to go look like, that one up. The first like uh, adult cartoon I ever saw in terms yeah. of uh, maturity level. That wasn't before. good. That was a good um, cart like adult cartoon too. Yeah. Was that before? But, did that come out before South Park? Um, I think it did. I think oh. Duckman was like mid '90s, and South Park was 1998. Okay. Yeah, and I want to uh, say it was on USA. 94 through 97. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Because Duckman was, uh, I think it was USA, the USA yeah. channel. Mm-hmm. We're watching that later. It was back then when like adult was a lot of. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Brian. What were you gonna say? No, you're right. It, it was USA. Okay, I, th- I thought I heard you say that. Sorry to cut you off there, but um, uh, yeah, I think this the reason why too that that. Just, getting off the topic here but um i think the reason why that show got made too is because the success of the simpsons back in the you know the late 80s early 90s started causing a lot of tv networks to go we need to start making our own kind of adult oriented animated shows and you know some were successful and some were not and Duckman was definitely a, a good show that people liked but it just was on the raw network because it didn't get quite enough advertisement and stuff you know it's still very fondly remembered and you know it's got some good writing and jokes to it but yeah. it just Wrong, wrong, wrong place, wrong time. And to tie it back into Ghostbusters, Brian Doyle Murray was the voice of one of the characters. All right, well, there we go. <laughs> See, it all comes full circle. All right. <laughs> Seven degrees of Ghostbusters. Yep. Oh, I guess that uh, live-action Ghostbusters from the 70s actually got a animated adaptation, too. Yeah, That's what I originally brought it up. Because oh, okay. I remember seeing ads for. Yeah, I remember that seeing ads like gorilla right in the front of the car. Yeah, yeah. There's that's why because I was like, oh wow, there's going to be this Ghostbusters cartoon on. I got to watch it. I got home after school to watch them. Like, the hell is this? <laughs> well, yeah, no, that was definitely when I found out about that show too. I'm just like, the hell is this? What? Why is there a gorilla? Why? When was this in the Ghostbusters? And then it's like, oh, it's not that Ghostbusters. It's something else. <laughs> I watched the real Ghostbusters. That, that's like the, the joke where it's like, um, well, Mom, can we, get the, can we watch the Ghostbusters? You have the Ghostbusters at home. And then that's yeah. the Ghostbusters at home. Just the gorilla. <laughs> He's waving from the window. Hello. <laughs> the female character from that show looks very similar to the design from the extreme Ghostbusters one. Oh, See, the it, female, it's yeah. all tied in together. <laughs> they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't just go out and do something new. If the extreme Ghostbusters had continued, the gorilla would have shown up as a bad guy. <laughs> it's like you thought I was good, but I am evil. I'm the evil gorilla. Which is weird that they're produced Ooh. by two different companies independently. And there's that character that looks that similar between the two. Yeah, but I know, do kind of. According to any of the pictures I can find about the original live action one, there was no female character. No, I think the the old one was um. It was just, just those guys. No, the, it was the two after two guys in the, the gorilla. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They added the girl for the cartoon. Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. weird too that the live action. No, the gorilla was in the live action. Yeah, that, that's no, what I'm no, saying. Like, no, it's girl, so weird the, that the they added the girl for the live girl, action. I think so. Female. Female it's gorilla? It's so weird that the gorilla, like, <laughs> he, he made the transition from, like, it's, it's all coming back to the apes. <laughs> Squirrel, this is squirrel. all the precursor to Planet of the Apes. You thought Caesar yeah, was yeah, the start. Go. Hell no, nah, it's the Ghostbuster gorilla, baby. Oh, and you just thought there were four movies. Well, for speaking of sequels, the Afterlife sequel is supposed to be out next December, 2023. Nice. We gotta be filming that right now. But, so, all right, guys. So, oh. when I did watch when I when I did watch Ghostbusters one to have another weird tie-in here. So, you know the scene when they get their first call in the firehouse and the alarm goes off and is like, "We got one, we got one." 
since I have my virtual pinball machine and my virtual arcade box down here in the basement, I had to look up the three machines that they owned in the top of the firehouse. I can't read the one, but I've got the arcade and the pinball machine for my virtual machines now that I can add. Uh, the, the, the virtual or the pinball machine was called Stargazer, and the arcade machine I could call is read was called star castle which i'd never heard of either of those two machines before so i'd be looking forward to playing those next weekend yeah because i remember watching the movie and i noticed the arcades the arcade machines in the background i was like i don't recognize any of those there's three of them yeah and i can't read the far left one i have i i'm sure google has it somewhere i just haven't looked it up yet but hey that sounds like a possible tie-in to uh, our next topic maybe i don't know you mean the video games possibly we don't talk about video games on this show what the hell are you talking about <laughs> so, we've, we've never games. done that in the past 39 episodes what the hell man 100 percent, my favorite game on the commodore 64 turns out it's pretty much the uh, nes one too was the ghostbusters game really? is it i've never sit... played it is it good yes it, it was a game i could sit and play for like two hours straight and get to the ending and win because you started off with like um just a little bit of money and like some junky proton pack and a trap and uh, kind of like an RPG, you had to keep going on assignments, catching the ghosts, filling the trap, bring it back, and you get paid money. And after a while, you could build up. And I remember, like at the beginning, all you could afford was like a uh, like a little VW bug, and it couldn't go to every <laughs> part of the city, or you couldn't go around as many places. And as you got farther on, you could uh, you could start like making circles through the city. And the whole point was at the beginning, there would be ghosts slowly moving towards um, the center of the city. And I mean, you could easily go catch them in the ghost. Um, you could stop them by driving through them and you'd go on calls, catch it, make some money. Um, and after about an hour or so, you were starting to make tons of money and the ghost would just start coming to the center of the city a lot faster. You couldn't always get them all. Um, but you could you could put like a vacuum cleaner on the front of your car and just soak, soak up ghosts as you were driving by them. And I think there was like an energy meter that got super far. And when it was all the way at the top. Um, so I think I may have rented it once. That was a game. It was like the firehouse was in the middle and the whole city was just the screen. Yep. Right. And there were like different yeah. buildings. Was yep. there an ending to it? Like, could you fight Gozer? Oh, yeah, there were there was some ending and ta-da, you're done. I, I can't remember it all. But this this was a game like, you know, every every time I thought about it, I'd be like, oh, you know, it's Saturday. I got a couple hours to spare. Let me sit down and go through the whole thing. And yeah. it was it was a blast. And then I, I've seen I think I looked when we were doing one of our 8-bit episodes or we haven't done 8-bit, have we? We did NES games, I think, one time. Yeah, like that's one uh, of the first episodes. Yep. I, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, that, that's pretty much what the NES game was. Um yeah, I've, I haven't played. I, I may have rented it when I was a kid, but I don't remember playing any of the early NES games. Or they, what, they were on like the NES and the Sega and the Atari. Like you, did you mention that the one you played was Commodore 64 or something? Mine was like Commodore 64, but then looking at the NES title, it, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Sure, the yeah, NES a little bit better, probably. Yeah, the only the only reason I I remember these games at all is just from it was one of the earlier video game angry video game nerd episodes that was pretty funny because he hated these games. 
<laughs> for the most part, except for like the Sega Genesis one that was completely different. Yeah, I thought the city map looked familiar, but that's all I remember of it. Yeah, it I just like remember he... building up money, upgrading my um, car. It could go faster. You could get to the Ecto one. You could put add-ons on it to suck up, so just soak up ghosts as you drove by. It was a good thing. Yeah, and you could, uh, and then like at the end, you're you're trying to go up the the tower, up the stairs with the four go- Ghostbusters, and try to avoid the ghost. And there's like different items you can buy to help you get up the stairs more easily oh that reminds me that was like one of the best bits in the first movie was when they're trying to go up the stairs because they can't take the elevator and they're because <laughs> the, the gear is so heavy he's like oh what how many more floors do we have oh it's 50 oh. <laughs> when i reach 20 let me know i'm gonna puke <laughs> yeah. oh so brian i saw you uh had the shirt for the uh, the 2009 video game. Did you actually play that when it came out, or, or since the Wii, since then? Yeah, the Wii game. Yeah, it was great. What um, wasn't that rumored to be like the plot for one of the movies at one point? Yeah, that was. I put I put that in the notes too. Like I remember hearing that the the game from then was supposed to be you know what the potential third sequel was going to be if they had done it back in the you know back in the day. I don't know how accurate that really is, but that's what I've always heard. And it's like, you know what? I've heard multiple sources say it, so I think that must be accurate. Yeah, I had it for the Wii and played through it with my kids a couple times and loved it. And then back when we had to replace our Wii because it broke, we sold off a bunch of games. And that was one we got rid of. And I rebought it when they remastered it a couple of years ago for the, the 360. Oh, okay. But I suck so bad at the joystick aiming that it wasn't that fun. <laughs> the Wii Mote made it so much easier to aim your proton pack and oh, shoot. Okay, I gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, and this, I remember when this game came out, it uh, it had a lot of big delays before it finally came out. It came out like a year later than it was supposed to. Uh, but it had pretty favorable reviews. Like a lot of people liked this game. They got all four actors to come back for it. It was the last they time did. that yeah. Harold Ramis was involved with the Ghostbusters projects. Mm-hmm. And they even got Aykroyd and uh, Harold Ramis to help doctor up the script a little bit too. For the game, so it was, I, you know, I haven't played this, but now that I've watched all the movies this past few days, like now I really want to play this game because it, it it seems like it's it's very cool and has a very fun story to it with all the all the Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, it's it's about ten dollars on uh, eBay. Nice. Yeah. I, think, a cool I think it only takes like five to eight hours to beat or something like that, so it's not that long either. Yeah. There's a cool detail, too, with them, if I remember this right, that with, like, the PS3 and the Xbox 360 versions, uh, the characters have a bit more of, like, realistic kind of proportions. But in the Wii one, they gave them a bit more of a stylized look, just because, you know, it's not as powerful a hardware from back then. But it's still pretty much, like, the exact same game, just the characters had a little bit more of a stylized look since they couldn't go with, like, you know, the full, like, human-looking graphics, like, that would have been around in that era for a lot of games. But Oh, yeah, yeah, they look a little more cartoony. Yeah, I think I think that was the the reason why they did that too was just because you know the Wii could do you know it could do some good graphical stuff but it, at the same time you know a lot of those a number of those cases when it really, they really tried to push the graphic capabilities on that hardware they had to use double layered disc and uh, really? some uh, Nintendo Wiis cannot read double layered disc very well like if you had Smash Brothers Brawl there was a, and you had an early Wii there was a good chance like you had a 50 50 50 shot of it actually playing the game properly <laughs> or if it was like oh you know I'm sorry we can't read the disc so. Yeah. You could buy there it brand new on eBay for 35 I might have to go rebuy that. 
There you go. Nice. I think I, think I want to, just for the story alone, I, it looks like I want to check it out. And plus, you know, a lot of people said, you know, a lot of people say that the gameplay is pretty good for it too. So looking forward I, to check I it out. I remember enjoying it. Yeah, in 2009. Yeah, it's been quite a while since I've played it, but we had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah I've, heard, uh, I've you know, heard good things about the game, like on just about any version of it you play on, like the the three main consoles of that generation. So I think you can't go wrong with uh, whichever one you want to do. Nice, nice. It, it never got a re-release on Steam, did it? I don't think so. I don't yeah. believe it has. Uh, not that I buy that much on Steam anyway, but... It, I, I don't know. You'd have to look. I would, you know, I kind of think that if, you know, this the Afterlife movie was successful and they're doing this new one, you know, there could be a chance that they'll do, like, some sort of HD remaster or something, because... You know, that's the remastered been version is on Steam. Okay, well, there you go. Hold on, it's on Nintendo Switch, too. Oh, really? Yes. But does it have... It won't, it'll only be... Ghostbusters, the video game remastered Nintendo Switch Standard Edition. But it'll be joystick aiming. You won't be able to... That's why I was thinking well, Steam, because then you could use mouse controls, I would assume, for aiming. Well, maybe with the Switch one, they'll let you use, like, the gyro controls with the... Yeah. Oh, that might know, not be bad. With the uh, Joy-Cons. Yeah. But cool. I don't know. Someone's going to have to bite the bullet and find out for us. <laughs> you know, what's, it, what's it running for on Switch? Oh, brand new. It looks like 33. Not bad. Used honestly, for there's, so <laughs> there's so much stuff on the Switch, is e, like the Switch eShop, but honestly, it's so hard to sort through it all because the layout is just, it's not very user-friendly, I don't think. <laughs> you know, I was, I was looking up uh, all the different video games that have spawned from this series, and there's a lot of Ghostbuster games if you, you look it all up. But one of the things that uh, I definitely I was curious about was did they have a video game for the 2016 movie? And they did, and it was hilarious after reading about it because it came out in 2016, the same year the movie came out. But on average, it had like the worst reviews of any game that came out that year. Ouch. And three days after its release, in $12 million in debt, the company that made it, Fireforge, had to file for bankruptcy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It was that it was that much of a train wreck. And it, it, like I was reading about the game, it didn't even feature the women from the movie. It had four original characters in the game that they work for the agency that the women in the movie founded. And, but they they say some throwaway line like, oh, they're not here. They had to go to D.C. to uh, protect the president from ghost assassins or something weird like that. So ghost. What? Yeah, literally. <laughs> that's what it said. Ghost assassins. I was like, oh, OK, sure. That's uh, all right. But uh, yeah, apparently it was a horrible, horrible game. And to the point where it bankrupted a company. So Ouch. <laughs> Damn. that's tough. Oh, so, OK, so the remastered <clears throat> video game on uh, Switch came out in 2019 and it had sales down to like seven dollars and fifty cents on the eShop, mm -hmm. but the last sale was like february of 2021 uh, okay so it's been a long time it it hasn't had a sale in forever and yeah like you said uh kind of short game yeah seven and a half eight hours but like mm -hmm. son of a gun like why can't you be on sale anymore <laughs> oh and did you guys see there's a uh, a new ghostbusters game coming out like in about a week, October 18th, there's a game coming out called Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. And you can either play as a Ghostbuster and you can play multiplayer as like a team of Ghostbusters trying to take down the ghost. Or you can play actual ghosts and try to scare people and battle the Ghostbusters. I'll oh. have to look that wow. up too. That sounds like PS5. A... Kind of a budget one there. $40 for PS5, PS4. Sounds, sounds like a Left for Dead or like Dying Light. Or not Dying Light. What the hell's that one called now? It's the new one with all the crossovers between horror genres um dead by daylight that's what it's called where it's like a team of players versus like this uh 
scary figure from like a movie or TV show or in one of the recent crossovers with Silent Hill because you play as Pyramid Head. Ah, <laughs> so like Counter-Strike, Ghostbuster style. Yeah, it's it, Terrorist it's, kinda, it's almost kind of like they're bringing back the idea of that um, Friday the 13th game where it was, um you know, like like a group of players play as the camp counselors. And then one player plays as Jason Voorhees. And it's either the kids have been trying to escape or Jason oh, Voorhees has yeah. to kill like all the kids. I forgot about that, yeah. I'm, I'm going to assume it's that type of game. I'm not going to, you know, say with 100% certainty, but just from the description alone and like that uh, Platy gave us, that's what it kind of makes me think of. Mm. So, oh man, this there. is, it's got, they've got, uh, they've got Ray's occult shop right there. Ray's occult books. He's in there. Looks yep, like he he's... may be giving you missions. It's Dan Aykroyd. He's yeah, Aykroyd. He's got to be in that. That's his voice. Yeah. Winston's character yeah. is in it too. Same, same actor. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, I saw the trailer for it a couple of days ago. It seems interesting. How when they approach the timing. We're just going to assume that, that when um, they brought on Ernie Hudson and they approached him, he's like, as long as there's a steady paycheck involved, I'll do anything <laughs> you say. Uh, now, but does he uh, lend his voice to the uh, the the ultimate Ghostbuster game, Ghostbusters Pachinko? <laughs> they have a Pachinko machine. <laughs> there's like I think there's two of them that they've made over the years. Oh, wow. did machine. Konami make it? Because <laughs> they make pachinkos for like everything. It possibly, I wouldn't be surprised. You're absolutely right. What do I Did feel it... like if you were playing that machine? It's going to be like some Japanese cover of a uh, the Ghost. Well, assuming this is a Japanese machine anyway, that it's um plays like a Japanese cover of the Ghostbusters theme. Oh, that'd be interesting with that Japanese lyrics. That'd be great. I'd love to. Yeah, hear like that. The, yeah, like it's just like a total Japanese cover for the sign. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Ghostbusters. So, did anybody play the Ghostbusters two NES game? Was it any good? <laughs> I just I mean, remember that the angry video game nerd also hated the game. <laughs> yeah, I know one of those NES Ghostbusters games when you started or push start, it would be like, Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters. Like it, it had this terribly bit-crushed Ghostbusters. Uh, well, like an announcer person going, Ghostbusters, but it was so bit-crushed, it was like, Ghostbusters! Wow, yeah, the, the reviews of this were very low. It's a side-scrolling action game. Does it say uh, if it was made two. by LJN? Mm. Because if it wasn't that, would explain that explain that. Yeah, it's like a side. Imagineering okay, publishment. No, that yeah. LJN. Yeah, there's, if there's a good chance that if there's a a uh, movie based game that LJN might have had a hand in it, and they're oh, very yeah. notorious for being like horrible, real bad. Bad. Very bad. Oh, bad. Yeah, looking at the Wikipedia for it, it says that Activision was apparently dissatisfied enough that they refused to publish the game outside of North America and instead commissioned HAL Laboratory to create a new Ghostbusters 2 NES. <gasps> That's right, they did. I forgot about that. Different yeah, versions. HAL Lab did a did a did their own Ghostbusters game. Oh my god, oh. I totally forgot about that, Brian, until you said that. <laughs> And I think the one that was made outside of the United States or published outside of the United States was supposed was supposedly better. But in the one well, that was that we got sounds like, like you couldn't get much worse than the one here. <laughs> no, <True>. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think I've seen gameplay footage, too, of the HAL Labs one. And it was like, oh, yeah, this looks like it's a Zelda million times better. Yeah, it's a much better quality to it because HAL Labs are like even to this day, they still do you know a very good job with the games that they make and put out. Mm -hmm. I'll have to look into that one. Now, it's okay. not a video game, but the pinball machine for Ghostbusters is really good that came out a couple years ago from Stern. Oh, it's a newer one, huh? Yeah, it's... Uh, is it, is I, it? If I had the money, I'd probably buy it, but man, the pinball is machines it, go for 5 to 9 the Afterlife thousand. or the original game? Original no, game? it's based off the original. Oh, okay. it's, the, it's the fourth planned sequel. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it's the 2016, pin, the, but it's, the, not, it's the guys, it's not the girls. It's like a throwback to the original no. four it's the see the titular pinball wizard from the 
the Who song of the same name. He turns out he was real and he was uh, killed in a horrible accident back in like the 1500s. You know, he stormed a castle and they had to block him away. They claimed him a heretic because he kept talking about something called pinball. And none of them understood what the hell he was talking about. So he came back with a vengeance and the Ghostbusters had to put him down. <laughs> now, now, did anyone, uh, when they were growing up, did they... Uh have a, a good old uh, swig or two every once in a while, the, some Ecto cooler. Oh, yeah. Love that stuff. They brought it back a few years ago for a they while. Did, right. I, I remember that was cer- definitely green, the, right? The cereal, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, they had, had the cereal. Little, they had little marshmallow ghosts in it. <laughs> That's when you could get the arcade uh, cereal system, too. I think it was Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Brothers. I yeah. think that was around the same time. It, it wasn't it what like split into like two like it, two. one half was Mario and the other half was like yep. or Zelda or whatever. It was two half bags inside the box. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. I yeah, I remember. Um, I've seen advertisements for that cereal, um, like on YouTube compilations and stuff. And I love the shapes for the character because it's like <gasps> it looks nothing like them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if we're talking about breakfast cereal, it's probably about time to bring this to a uh, conclusion here. <laughs> nice oh, you know what? You know what, Platt? Uh, you know what? You yeah. know what? I just, I just got to say that this episode has been real Old Testament, Mister Platty. Real wrath of God stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness. Earthquakes. Volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. That's that's all I have to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> and with that, that's it for this episode of Slime Time Side Quest. We um, do want to thank Brutus and Pendy for joining us to talk about Ghostbusters. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that whole thing just sounded like every episode of Side Quest. I mean, let's be honest. Pretty much. But, I mean, yeah. But, but yeah, we uh, we did some ghost busting. We did a darn good job. And now it's time to wrap things up. So thank you guys for being on with us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having us. Appreciate it, as always. Thank you. So, you know, like the song says, busting makes you feel good. But you know what else makes you feel good? Not busting out your wallet and using Patreon. We don't use it. But if you got to bust out your wallet and use patreon because you got all that money just burning a hole in whatever go on over to the dragon's den www.wudis.com slash den click on support this site wudis has owned and maintained the dragon's den fan site for decades he personally edits every youtube version of our podcast and he fully appreciates any donations that you can give to help the servers keep running. You know, I'd actually make more money if I find everybody that says my name wrong than I would through the... <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, well, I just kept saying I need to call you Woods McKenzie. I, I blame the vodka. Easier, <laughs> I just said squirrel. <laughs> That's all right. It's like right. You're just going to send your SWAT team to come after everybody if they get your name wrong. That's that's all right. That's what your that's what your uh, company T-shirt says. It's like it's pronounced Wuda. Say it wrong. We break thumbs. <laughs> you know, speaking of company T-shirts, Wudis has got a Slime Time T-shirt with the logo from our resident graphics, Dwayne Bullock, on sale on the den, too. It does indeed. Uh, the Dragon. It's fantastic. Sorry. All right. I mean. All right, let me see here. Uh, the Dragon's Den website also features an Amazon affiliate link. If you click the link and then make a purchase, a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. Does it cost you anything? And it'll help Woodus keep the site going for another 20 years. 
Uh, as part of the Dragon Quest uh, Slime Time Extended Universe, or DQ Stew, you DQ can direct... Stew! 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 <laughs> Stew! You can direct comments or questions for the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time, or consider joining in tons of DQ discussions at the Dragon's Den forums, one of the few remaining forums still around. Find it from the Dragon's Den main page or at Wudus, or excuse me, at www. Uh, W-O-O-D-U-S dot com <laughs> backslash forums. I'm just going to say it differently now every time, so just get used to it. You can also find us and other Rabbit DQ fans through Barurian's official, unofficial D- uh, Dragon's Den Discord server. If you would like some more Dragon Quest slime time, or side quests, or tactfully die, or die another day, check out our library of episodes on the Dragon's Den, on Anchor.fm, on Apple Podcasts, Podcasts, Audible, Pop YouTube, cost. or whatever the hell you're listening to this. If you're already <laughs> listening to this, you found us. Just keep using wherever the hell you are to keep listening to more of us. Please First, like, subscribe, write a review for the podcast, wherever you are. I think we should try and get the, an Apple podcast going. <laughs> you need to get Pod. podcasts from the Ghostbusters movie that's on. Her, uh, that's a oh, podcast on podcast. That's Buddy's um like doing a podcast. That's, that's his like real accent coming through there when he says podcast. <laughs> This is How real. It's his real voice. This, this one that he uses for recording. That's Florida just man. That's that's not his real. That's not his real voice. Short <laughs> You should hear him when we talk when we're not recording. He's like, "Do you have any gray poupon?" He always starts episodes with that, and it's just really annoying. It's like, "Play, please, stop that." French fries and French fries and the gray poupon. <laughs> but uh, if you have any suggestions for future side quest episodes. Uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. Uh, you can reach out to Platty via his Twitter, platym 3 or Discord, or the Dragon's Den. Uh, you can also contact me, Yangus Legendary Bandit, on the Dragon's Den via a personal message or on the Dragon's Den Discord. Uh, just search for my name, or you can search for Platty's name. Uh, we have a list full of ideas, and we would be happy to add some more or to revisit any topics if we get enough interest. Except Ghostbusters. We're not doing this shit again. <laughs> <laughs> Get down to the pitball game. There's so much more to talk about with the extended universe. We got down to the gorilla episodes. I mean, I think we milked this one dry. It's the the GBEU, the Gabule. (laughs) And with that, the (laughs) Gabule. Side quest complete. Halloween episode one finished. (laughs) 